This show is brought to you by DF Studios Limited. Whether you are a business owner or entrepreneur, DF Studios will guide and assist you on the best ways to promote your brand digitally, in addition to creating visitor and customer generating content like blogs, social media posts, videos, and even podcasts like this one you're listening to right now. Visit dfstudiosltd.com or hit up info at dfstudiosltd.com for more info. So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This is Machibedi alongside my critic of in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is the World Cup Final Special of BBB Radio. Yeah. Not that we're going to be talking about the World Cup Final, but, you know, we will talk about, you know, just share some quick thoughts on that match, right, which literally, you know, aired about a few hours um, ago, you know, before we even met up here online, right? Yeah. Um, in addition to that, just, just to let you all know, um, this is to be this sort of a combination of, of of another episode that we did a few days ago uh i wasn't able to put that out because life and time just got in the way so if you hear like a you know a, a slight a slight change in audio quality uh, i would say especially for a huge chunk of the reviews that we movie reviews that we'll get into which i'll bring up in a sec that's the reason why because they were recorded prior right and the stuff that sounds like how myself and ricardo sound here now that's the new stuff, right? So all stuff which you will hear later on in this episode, uh, we will talk about uh, season six of Rick and Morty. Yeah. We will talk about the Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, we will talk about the Fablemans, and we will talk about Bones and All, three movies that were released on VOD literally on the same day. That would be last week, Tuesday, time of us recording this. Uh, also, we have to share little, little thoughts on, you know, what happened to, to we boy Henry Cavill boy and, you know, um, you know him not being Superman anymore, right? So we'll talk, we'll touch on that as well, right? Uh, but before we begin, man, we, we, you know, we're just going to talk briefly about um, what many people are, are, are healing as one of the greatest World Cup Finals matches ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. I, I am speaking as someone who is not like deep, deep, deep into into football. I honestly, I more, you know, tune in when it is the finals or when it's like the quarter, the semifinal. That's when I tune in, right? Uh, but yeah, I wholeheartedly agree, boy. This this was this was great, boy. Um, yeah. This is not going to be like a review of the entire thing, right? It's just like quick thoughts, right? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I mean... It was France. It was Argentina. I mean, I know a lot of Argentinian fans. Uh, my dad personally is a France fan, so I imagine how we feel right now. But yeah, man, um, you know they they went head to head for the last time here for for this year's uh, World Cup. Um, also, to you know this this actually went on for pretty long, man. You know what I mean? So um, in in a sense, while while it was not you know the um, the hour and a half to two hours that we that we somewhat expected. Uh, this this shit went for like roughly two and a half to about three, if if I'm not mistaken. Like it, yeah, it, it went, went for a went. while. Yeah, yeah it, it went, went, for, it went for as long as it could. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's exactly way. And um, for me, right, it was lucky for me that I was able to to experience it. Um, while well, at least watch it at the office where I'm at, right, in Port of Spain, right. Um, I could have watched it home with uh, with my dad and my brother. I mean, they had I had um football fans, but you know, I just wanted to come here to just do my work, right. 
But, um, you know, even though where I'm at is, is relatively quiet, um, you know, there was a sports bar, literally drink, by the way, just letting you know, Ricardo, it's open. I'm going to put that in quotes. Um, but it, they, they, they kind of had like this little private affair thing there. So like some people just kind of came in and kind of had the door kind of semi-shut and whatnot. But you knew people were inside and cheering and whatnot, right? Yes. The point is when Argentina was was scoring, it was making noise. Um, I actually stepped away after like the, um, after um, the, well, I think it's like the first penalty session to get something to eat. And then I got here like Argentina score again. That's when they made the third goal. Now. I was like, oh shit, I, I missed that, right? I didn't even know who scored, right? I rushed back. I see it was them, right? Um, and then, of course, well, you know, after, you know, with the penalties and whatnot, uh, well, yeah, Argentina won, right? Yeah. And somebody tell me, because I, I don't know, I, I don't know if he's saying with you, Ricardo, but I didn't even eat any lunch, boy, like, while I was watching it. I just had to wait until the match ended about 2 o'clock, you know, to, to go and get lunch, right? So I, I took a little stroll, a little, a little walk around the avenue, and yeah, um, sports bars like um, Smokey and Bunty were open, and people was just, like, celebrating, boy, like, just going nuts, but I will not lie. It just kind of added you know a lot of life into uh, a predominantly quiet um port of Spain, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, people were excited and happy and overjoyed. Yeah, nobody nobody covered in talk on a Sunday, so other than <laughs> this, yeah. Exactly. And and yeah. I must say, right, like even though I wasn't really backing a particular um a particular team, to be honest, um both teams gave their all boy. Um well, I would just say I mean, this right I, I would argue I would argue France was utterly mediocre and Mbappe went super saiyan. That's what I was going to say, boy. Yeah. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, boy, he's a black yeah. all-star, boy. He's a black yeah. all-star. Yeah. That man, come, um, do he take, shut shit down. <laughs> yeah, boy. boy went to God. Yeah, he's, he, I think he's, since, since uh, Jeffers, uh, he's, he's, yes. he went, he's uh, to have a, a hat-trick in a final. That is amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm actually, actually heard uh, one of the, the commentators say that, actually. Yes, yes, yes. And um, this actually has the most goals in terms of a, of a World Cup final match. I think it's about uh, 172. Probably like in the one seventies, if I'm not mistaken, right? But yeah, yes. um, and of of course, you know, um, the, the the hometown hero of Argentina, Lionel Messi. I mean, he do eating, he come yeah. shut shit down too. But yeah, he and and Kylian, boy, they are the two MVPs of this boy. They they yeah. come, they did the thing, man. Messi, um, Messi, well, Messi winning the World Cup is like Leo winning the Oscar. You know, he had a highly <laughs> <laughs> gate, <laughs> like God, man. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Literally, listen, the, you know, Argentina did win the World Cup before Messi was alive. Eh? You know. Messi, last time they win the World Cup was a year before Messi was born. Uh, so, oh, wow, okay. I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. yeah. It's the last time they win. And, yeah, and then on top of that, this year, it was the, the first World Cup since, well, the, the, the other, the other Goten himself, uh, Maradona died. Uh, Maradona yes. died in 2020. You know, he had to bring it back home, much like how LeBron had to bring it back home for Kobe. You know, yeah. uh, Messi had to bring it back home for them. But yeah, on top of that, well, the big news for me is like, yeah, yeah, the World Cup are back to South America. Like, yes, uh, boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was rooting, I was hoping for Neymar, but Neymar, yeah, Neymar, them, them choke at the end of the day, so, mm. you know, but that's it yeah. again. Now, congratulations to Messi, man, man, the man, they really deserve it. it was just, I, and that, this was a fantastic, this tournament was weird as hell, um, you know. Because of the know, Lightner. Right. I, well, another thing is, congrats to, to Saudi Arabia for, for beating the world champs, right? You know, so, mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but it, it was just, it was just, this was, this tournament was just a surprise after surprise, weird as hell. Shocking that they, you know, pull off what if they could pull off and make it work. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought this, um, I thought this, this overall was just generally X month tournament. I don't, I don't, yeah. you could debate how much it was run away with, is I, I don't know, but the matches itself, very wow, big surprises, mm-hmm. big, big shockers, 
you know, in terms of winning, um, yeah, the big probably the big big dark horse at the tournament was um for Morocco. Uh, just do yes. you know some big 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 um, surprises. But yeah, this this is overall a pretty good tournament. Um, you know, yeah. the final was amazing. You know, again, Mbappe went super saiyan, it's clear the end there. Yes, boy. But this is a pretty good tournament overall. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And and I mean, even I myself, who's who's not even a big football fan, could attest to that, man. Um, okay. So, yeah, um, tomorrow is a holiday down here in Trinidad. I, 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 I hope so. Um, I still had a call to work, right? But, yeah, tomorrow is a holiday for, for Argentinian fans out there. Um, but but France, I mean, still, um, they, 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 they crushed it, boy. They, they did their thing, boy. Um, yeah. And I just like that, you know, every time they just reach a certain point, it's just like, all right, like, um, Ajiti will have two, you'll come and have two. And they, uh, yeah. Ajiti will three, and, and you will have three. And you just you know, head played, to head. Ajiti played, played the struggle this tournament, eh? because when they start, like, uh, that, losing that first game was, like, insane to me. I was like, what? Yeah, 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 I know a lot of people felt felt bad too, yeah? but like, yeah. I, like I told uh, like my, my dad's friend, for example, he's a he's an Argentinian fan. I was like, yeah, Ajiti, you could come back, but you could come back, right? And, well, I mean, so says so then, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those are they the real struggle. The, the 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 Holland game, the, the Netherlands game, that was insane. Um and I was like, all right, well, you know, they don't go and stop. And then when I when I, I saw they got such a solid like victory against uh Croatia, I'm like, all right, they 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 they're in the strike now, okay. And I think, all right, when I see the two deal for France, I'm like, all right, well they you know comfortable though. Not thinking, all right, yeah, they France and France and taking that line, dog I just you know, just went real hard with this like now Russia. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So yeah, um, today's a great day, man, for 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 the folks of, of of Argentina, boy. And you know, I do hope that you know future footballers, you know, will and football fans, sorry, will look at this match and you know be inspired, and similar to like how Lionel Messi was, you know, what I mean, um, inspired to just do this, right, and whatnot, right. Um, again, France do their thing, man. They they literally went head to head, man. I I have nothing but respect for them, and of course to Argentina as well, too, man. So yeah, uh, can't wait to see what we get next in the in the twenty twenty six yes twenty twenty six um World Cup man. Yeah. Elsa news boy in the world of DC studios boy. Oh, it depends on it depends on who you're talking. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. James Gunn pretty much was talking about you know that you know um Peter Safran and you know well him and Peter Safran pretty much have the slate ready as far as the DC film output, yeah. and you know they're all excited all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he would go on to say, you know, um, Superman is also on the slate, but the story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life. So the character will no longer be played by Henry Cavill. And right afterwards, Henry Cavill (laughs) came out with this um, tweet. I'm just going to read it through quickly. I have just had a meeting with James Gunn and, and Peter Safran, and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. For those who have been by my side through the years, we can mourn for a bit, but then we must remember Superman is still around. Everything he stands for still exists, and the examples he sets for us are still there. My turn to wear the cape has passed, but what Superman stands for never will. It's been a fun ride with you all, onwards and upwards. And I must say, just to, just to share my quick thoughts on this, right? Um, it's, you know, a very noble thing for him to say. I, I, I like that, you know, 
I, I mean, you could you could tell that he is he he is disappointed by this, right? But it's not the end for Henry Carver, right? But uh, for me, I just find it just so ironic because you know, thanks thanks to we boy Dwayne Johnson, you know, Rob Rob bigging him up and and pretty much saying, yeah, Henry Cavill gonna be you know in the DC universe going forward, eh? because because I, I I rope him in pretty much into you know um, Black Adam, right, for that post credit scene. Uh, even though it, it 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 was not in writing, eh? I mean, industry rule exactly. number four thousand and eighty, have it in writing, right? But whatever. But yeah, um, so the man like literally ditch, you know, Netflix is the witcher and say, nah, to hell with that. But I I going back and playing soups, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, you can't do that again. So I'm making the joke now that you know at least he have a future back on Netflix now when you do um a third Enola um Enola Holmes movie, right? But yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, this 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 is this is. Uh, I don't want to say a huge, huge, huge letdown boy, but I, I, I really feel the pain, everybody. I know he'll bounce back. He's an actor, and you know, is is he is he breaks right? That's how it is, right? Um, so he will move forward through this, right? But um, as as, as much and and uh, you know, we spoke about this literally a few days ago, right? Like as as much as you know, we hoping and praying that that James Gunn pretty much um you know reset everything, right? Yeah. And I mean, you have to give him you have to give him the, the the space to do so, right? That's why he is literally cleaning house and you know reaching um you know fixing up everything, right? Right. But at the same time, now for people like like Henry now who just thinking, all right. I have my chance. I have my shot again. You know, this is something that you always keep bringing up that he just never got a fair shake with those Zack Snyder films, right? And you take it, all right, maybe he have a chance. And you know, the the end sequence of Black Adam gave gave us some sort of hope. But I was like, well, nah. So yeah. sorry, you know. But I'll close to this, right? The the early big you know the early days of Superman thing sounds pretty uh or I should say an earlier part of Superman's life sounds pretty interesting. Like like yeah. I get in I, somewhat I, of a the Batman vibes from it somewhat. Like you know you'll I, have a new I, actor and you'll see the beginnings of, of, of Superman. But other than that though, yeah. Um still still it just it just looks bad in terms of, of bringing ha- um Henry for that well, one scene and then now it's like well yeah. But yeah, I'm, no, I'm mean, done. It, for me, yeah, I, I find the big noticeable thing is the, the Clark Kent part that I'm more interested in, right? Uh, you know, talking about him as a reporter. So yeah, you know, we had to get that because for all, much like with, with what Matt Reeves did well with the Batman was, you know, actually the only thing about the Batman you like, which is a detective, right? We actually get detective stuff. Even though the character kind of stupid, you know, it's still a, a good detective story. Um, guys, guys, you Nolan films never, never really got that for us, not to be honest. True, true, true. Um, yeah, it, it was more about the world of Batman and the psychosis of Batman more than the detective, you know, side right. of Batman. You know, yeah. right? So I'm like, all right, well, let's see what they're gonna do for what it is uh, in that um, concept, where you know we're actually gonna get like Clark Kent, the reporter. Like it's something that we should have gotten a hot minute ago, and we never really got that, to be honest. Like it was always. Clark and bumbling, you know, not really doing reporter journalism work. I really hope they, do we get that. Like, I have a lot of solid stories with him doing that. Um, off the top of my head, the only thing I could think of uh, in terms of popular fiction, well, outside of the comics, is um, uh, whatever happened. What is whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? There's like a great side story of him being Clark Kent and telling hmm. that story. And then um, the late Mister Kent. There's a great episode of uh, Superman T. Yes. Uh, so stuff like that. I really hope we get that that vein of storytelling, where you could tell the story from the perspective of the journalists and who talk, who tell the story and why and whatnot. And yeah, like 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 yeah, some 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 Clark Kent, um, you know, sh- storyteller. You know, Clark Kent should be the one to take down Lex Luthor, right, by exposing him, right, and not not Superman, right. That that would be more interesting. Like that is you know, 
I want to see. Mm. Anyway, uh, now, well, the way how you describe it, 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 it sounds really, really interesting, man. But um, but yeah, your 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 thoughts on on Henry Cavill no longer yeah. being Superman. <clears throat> I I just find it okay. So, I am hard pressed to think that Henry Cavill would have just leave the Witcher, and not have something proper in writing and, and that that whole like I, I find it a hard pressed to think that he'll have this whole shake up under happen under him and him leave the he leave the Witcher franchise for this like thinking that he was so sure so that I. I don't think that is why he leave the Witcher franchise, right? That is that is all I'll say. I mean, it's possible that he get um he do his miss miss uh under miss he misread the situation, but I don't think not with that much money jumping up and your whole career jumping up. So I don't think that is why you leave the Witcher. Seeing how this happened so sudden though. Um but he probably really thought, all right, push come to shove, he really could have get Superman. But I don't think he, they they talk about this I sure, you know, a while now though. Um so I'm not sure what's going on with respect to that. But yeah, and I'm worried for Henry going forward. I mean, we'll see what else he could do. I, I think he's a decent enough actor, all things considered. And, you know, we'll never, we'll unfortunately never see that play, play itself out with respect to his career. Um, it's unfortunate. But, you know, he, he did. I don't think he ever really got a fair shake, to be honest. But whatever. I, I was never a fan of him as Superman anyway. So it's like, well, Lysina. Moving on. Life goes on. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. I'm not crying about this too, too much because it's like. No, uh, no. Mm. You know, it's something that when when Dwayne do it, I like all right. Because same thing with with Affleck, right? Here's the thing: you still seeing Affleck in promo material for the DCU, you know, because he is in the Sazam two trailer, right? So stuff like that, no. Like, wait, they they still part of how they still using material? Are they still allowed to use the material in this way? You, you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. So, right, and then I heard I heard a couple things that um he might be approached for direction, which is yeah, great. You know, that is what they should have done from the start. Um, I don't know what we're going to get with respect to if we're going to get a proper narrative of him telling proper stories in, in his time and he don't have to be Batman. Great. But as for Cavill, I'm not worried for him, bro. Like, you do your thing, you'll you, you get done, and you can make it work uh, going forward. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, where there's more props to Henry Cavill going forward, and that is it. I yeah, can't, yeah, I can't, okay. I'm crying about this, but I wasn't. I can't say I'm super surprised. Either. So they're moving on. It, it really, mm. it's not, it's not as interesting news as people think it is. But I really thought that they were going forward with after Black Adam. I thought, I thought uh, the simple fact is that Rock don't have as much control as you know it was was slated before. Because yeah, you know they had a big shake up and James Gunn took over. And it's like yeah, well James Gunn have more you know <laughs> pulled than you. Sorry, um, you know especially within DC because he did one of the few great projects. You know. Well, two great projects with DC, and you know, it really, it really turned around, and, and a lot of people loved it. You know, they really love Peacemaker, they really love Suicide Squad. So, yeah, that is what we're going to get. And him writing the Superman thing, that is why it happened. So we will see. Um, not, not yeah. much like with the, much like with the, the other surprise. I wasn't super surprised with Wonder Woman not going forward. That was the biggest surprise of anything, actually. Um, but I wasn't surprised either. Right. Well, what what I will say before we move forward is that um, I I do have high hopes for this um new in quote superman right and um i do yeah. hope that you know under james gunn's um you know direction and vision yeah. that at least we will have like a, a good run of superman films that actually are great you know what i mean because yeah. if you look back i say like the christopher reeve and you know well yeah and, and the henry cavill stuff starts off pretty solid like starts yeah. off great you know even man of steel for better for worse but then this kind of falls apart right like say well, a superman or you know a bbs now you know yeah no, in the case of reeve it's just fucking money if them assholes was just cheap as hell and just figure out a way to pocket as much money as they can and they they leave um poor, poor christopher reeve on the, on the high end uh, because creatively 
he, he was a good director, I felt. Um, when, when it comes to the material and understanding the material, I don't when he got creative control, it would have been great if they gave him a budget. Are you talking about yeah. uh, Richard Donner? No, after. This is after. Oh, after, after, right. right, right, right. Films. I, I forget what it's called. Them. The, the fellows running the company. These two, some cheap. Some or, cheap um, or you're talking about Golden and, and Globus, right? I no, mean, no, I know, I know they worked on the fourth one. I can't remember the third one if they work on that, if they produced it. I can't remember. Right, I forget. Whatever. Yeah. But it, I, what I know about it is just that just you should just figure out how to cut as much corners and make that budget as cheap as possible and reuse thing. And yes, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous to, to follow them first two films with that nonsense, right? But in the case of Snyder, Snyder had a very clear vision. Uh, what he wanted is just, I thought it was just a, just a bad vision, right? I don't like it. But it, it was very clear in terms of what he wanted to do and, and thing. It's just, I didn't like the direction it was going and it wasn't working out in, in the world. It's just a mess um, for what it is. But yeah, um, Gunn taking, taking, taking charge, especially with Guardians 3 coming out and that could be the end of his run in Marvel. Um, really want to see what the Gunn era of this DC slate of movies is going to be. We'll, we'll find out what they're going to do. I am genuinely excited because he has, sorry, he's, like a, he's one of the very few genuinely great talents we have right now in film. So, uh, we'll, you know, Time will tell, and I, I really want to see who's going on. This, you can't get, I, in, in my opinion, you can't really get more better than this as, as a as a direction slated going forward for, you know, the material because you know we're not gonna get the, the closest thing we could get to like a Kevin Feige for DC thing and making it work and, and going forward. And yeah, sorry, that whole Snyder fan base and Snyder cut on them. Yeah, they they had to go in the Ashi for history. Sorry, <laughs> for real. They had to move, yeah. move on. I don't. They, they, these fans, they, they a bunch of terrible opinions terrible direction for the material and yeah you know snyder feed into that foolishness unfortunately and it still lose money that is the worst part about all of that it's just too much nonsense that just take place that just didn't make it work and, and for what it is so yeah moving on life goes on trying to make some proper movies now time for the adults thank you, to, thank you. time for yes. the adults to, to, to get serious with this yeah boy <laughs> for yeah. real for real so Fingers crossed. Here's hoping that you know this 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 upcoming Superman movie actually actually is worth it and actually you know shows you know like a proper vision, a proper direction, and not just feeding off uh, you know Twitter fan bases and whatnot. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see. All right, so um, let's talk about the full sixth season of Rick and Morty. Um, I say full because you know we talked about the first two episodes um, when they dropped um, you know a week of of each other. Um, so, you know, as, as we normally do, like, like I realize this is some, this is somewhat of a tradition of us, uh, we'll just run through each episode and, you know, just share thoughts. Um, we will get into some spoilers, not too spoilery or whatnot. And then we'll just give a, a overall, you know, to, uh, our, our overall thoughts on the, on the, on the season. Right. So, yeah, we talked about Solaricus. That's the, um, uh, Solaric, sorry. Oops. Yeah. Um, thinking about Solaris, right? But that's a joke. Haha. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, yeah talked about that um, premiere episode and we also talked about rick a mort well lived right um i will what i will just mention with um solarix right solarix sorry right that's that's the pronunciation right um is the introduction or reintroduction if you will of uh rick prime right you know the the, the main you know right. the you know the, the top tier evil big asshole of you know the rick Ch um, sanchez character right and, you know, we see, you know, um, you know, you just see just that tension between him and the Rick that we're following right now, you know, from last season into into now, right? right? So, and and then we had the next episode, you know, Rick and Mort Well Live, which was this, you know, great play on, you know, just on the tropes of Die Hard and, the, you know, yeah. just, just the, the the cultural and pop, well, pop culture phenomenon of it as well too, right? Um, 
it was great just hearing Peter Dinklage, you know what I mean, as, you know, this alien terrorist who's supposed to be, you know, the Hans Gruber character from, you know, Die Hard and, you know, um, just, you know, summer playing on it as well too. It was, it was fun as well, right? And, you know, I just like the whole idea of the future reality that, um, that, that Morty gets stuck in, right? Where, like, his personality or, I think it's his personality, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it's split up. up yeah, yeah it's split yeah. up into this just various entities now and they all like, you know, like, here's this one guy who, you know, wants to carry us back, you know, like, like thinking that he's some sort of messiah or something like that. And, yeah. you know, it's just this, this, um, this running gag with uh, Rick saying, no, 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 like, I know it looks like religion, but it's not, right? So I like that. That, that, that was it's pretty funny. Bit. And it, it plays on, it plays on another bit, another, like, popular conspiracy. Now, I don't know what to call it, a conspiracy theory, but it's a famous conceit of, um, they call it by, uh, the simulation theory, that, that idea that, so it's a lot of people who think the world is a simulation, real like a lot of people really think that um, okay and i assume, assume what, what was this ever like the inspiration for the matrix or films uh, of that this uh, is the same idea i mean this is the plato scape stuff right but yeah in in a lot of people right now nowadays really like into the simulation theory stuff now like a lot of people will tell you oh well we definitely live in a simulation i have all kind of reasons why is uh, a guy called nick bostrom popularized the idea but it's have all kind of insidious like undertones as to why behind the whole thing like a lot of people just kind of not really feeling, you know, this crowd of people because it's a strange undertones for the whole thing. Whatever, whatever. But for the episode, I find it makes, it make great funny um, sense for what it was trying to do there. Uh, so that, I liked a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. So uh, we'll just jump in into episode three. That is um, Betic Twin Stinct, right? You know, okay. Basic Instinct, haha, <laughs> right? Um, I would say so this is one of the most... Out-of-pocket episode, Sorry? This is the most out-of-pocket episode. Yeah, boy. And and uh, uh, certainly an uh, eyebrow-reasoned episode of Mercy, right? So what it is in a nutshell is that, you know, Space Bet now, who may or may not be, you know, Rick's actual um, daughter, you know, um, comes to, to, to visit the family for Thanksgiving, right? And one thing leads to the next, and you see this, this sort of like, um, I would say, you, you see this sort of attachment going on between her and the real Bet, and they actually sneak out. You know, at certain yeah. times during the during the um the the Thanksgiving weekend, I believe it is, and you know, yeah, they're making out and whatnot, right? And I love how this Rick just like denying, like you know what, like like look, I know what all they try to do, you know, but y'all need to be careful with this shit, shit. That uh, what was especially hilarious way was how Morty and Summer reacted, it, way, right? Uh, <laughs> with you know, with the with the eyes like just the beady eyes, for example, yeah. or they're just focusing on this weird sort of like video, um alien video game stuff. It's, it's just how they were reacting. It was so hilarious, but I was cracking up at that, right? But um, of course, Jerry, you know, that's that's the one we were all like, okay, how this guy is gonna react to it. And this is moment where the man actually like turns into this uh, what is I think it's called a pill bug. Yeah, he just right, like yeah. kind of cocoons himself into that now. Now, I will say this jumping into spoilers. I like how he responds to the situation, yes. more or less kind of calling out, you know, the real bet for she bullshit and, and space as well, too. And this acting as if, you know what, like, yeah, again, turned on by this, right? And, yeah, I mean, no problem. I don't mind if all they do it in front of me. And that just leads to, you know, one of the, the, the standout moments in, 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 the, um, in the episode now where did, yeah. you see that, well, yeah, where you're seeing uh, Rick and uh, Morty and Summer downstairs and they're eating and they yeah. try not to hear, you know, the noise in the bedroom room there and rick is like yeah like, it's thanksgiving let's see what we're going to be thankful for right and i think what is this what is he the discovery channel the fucking discovery channel ah, he does like he does control emotion he does crying and that shit that was that was hilarious boy but yeah. just to close to this right i one thing i do assume that it may have to do with the with the alien liquor that um 
it that what? um that that there's this particular um bottle right that uh remember i think it's that that caused it right or maybe it's sort of like heightened their inhibitions or they right. feeling towards each other because yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah it is genuine feelings they really do feel that way about each other and it kind of makes sense but it kind of does at the same time which i like as well oh, right yeah. and yeah yeah it, it, it just but really really the sell of it though is jerry's reaction way it's something so unexpected but it totally works i like how they justify it to the end to it where he runs into you know another vo- uh, uh, um another version of himself and he just kind of do this quick kiss and move away which is like a jerry thing too like oh yeah yeah no that's it that's all that's all i need that's it you know what i mean but yeah this this was a this was a really funny and i must say a rather provocative episode i must say man so yeah what were your thoughts on episode three yeah, this episode is hilarious right again out of pocket as hell eh? but still funny and well done i i am um, didn't expect it to be as funny as it was going forward with it but it was still pretty good and, and they, they they just made it work that's why it was it's just they just made it really work well the next episode is is one that actually stuck out to me um night family right yeah, um this, this one yeah this this one is like this street up you know playing on on horror tropes especially the whole it, it's it's like i envisioning nights um night say night stalkers right um body snatchers kind of thing right. but they more playing it like you know sleepwalkers that is stephen king sleepwalkers in a sense right so e- e- essentially what it is that rick gets this device it's called a um somnambulator right and the concept of this like just the idea behind it is so greatness so it's like while they're sleeping it literally um kind of you're more or less kind of like um setting your body now to learn or do certain things while you're sleeping so you're not just sleepwalking you're actually doing things now so case in point um summer you know is washing dishes so as she wakes up in the morning she'd have to worry about it there i thought that's a real cool idea uh morty being morty just wants these you know this this these washboard abs so you know him and rick now just working out in the night there but i just love the idea that you know summer actually becomes self-aware so it's like oh you know um I, I, I am night summer and you know we're gonna control you d people and all that kind of stuff right um the second half of this like the setup is greater but the second half is hilarious boy where where you see night summer take over dread and she I, she get these droids to kind of run things and i know they, they make it fun of um oh gosh the daleks from um from from doctor who with the yeah. come on work here come on work harder what are you doing <laughs> And it's a moment when the droid is like forcing Morty to, to work out that he just doing these crunches. Right? He's just like, yeah. no, I can't do it anymore. But then that leads now to this like really badass cheat scene, Dread. I know, um, I know clearly they they they, they make they, well actually they they actually referencing two you know one two of of film's greatest catchy sequences in my opinion um the one from Terminator two you know meaning right. the one with the with the big um um you know gas truck or whatever it is yeah, um yeah. right and the ice and all that kind of stuff and um the Matrix Reloaded like I noticed that right, especially right, with yeah. the moment where you see how <laughs> where you see um oh gosh Rick jump on front the car and you know like he he balance and all that kind of stuff all that is is, is from Matrix Reloaded I was just in every minute of it it was just so funny and so over the top man and i just love how overall in this play on yeah this is this is kind of like you know some sort of twilight zone episode right where you know it's it's not literally like connected to the story per se but it's kind of treated as it's almost like a halloween story if you will right like like a horror story if you will right but yeah just concept wise execution wise this work this had me cracking up literally from start to end though love this episode but yeah your thoughts on night family yeah this is one of my favorite episodes not my favorite episode this season that you you know it when you see it. 
Uh, but it's a pretty damn good episode. It, it does what it does well is the whole class consciousness stuff of it. That is what make it funny. Because yeah, Rick Rick is not, the reason why it happened is because Rick is an asshole. <laughs> like that is problem. Yes, <laughs> he, he's such an asshole. It's only his night self now. That is what make it real hilarious. I I this one had me crack it up, dude. It, it's just such a clever premise, especially that final fight of when he's switching and how yeah, yes. Jerry ended, <laughs> yeah, and then how Jerry ended up being the one at the same time because Jerry was the, the halfway wonder. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he actually was talking to himself and actually was doing the whole something of not being aware. What about the whole thing? And like, yeah, they make it work, but it doesn't take into account. I like that. Very clever idea. Uh, but yeah, uh, this one of my, one of the better episodes of the season. And this that's why this season was shaping up to be such a great season. Because like, yeah, I'm gonna say it now. I think this season is probably the, the best season of Rick and Morty so far. Um, I, I I I mean, sorry, sorry for jumping the gun here, folks, but I wholeheartedly agree here, man. You know, yeah. just just from concepts and humor, boy. This this yeah. quick it's humor, one of boy. Funniest, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually like envy these writers, but I don't know how they come up with these things. You know? I just yeah, don't are. know how, boy. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not just knowing about science itself, but you gotta know about science fiction, movies, histories, books, and just be able to compress all that and just play with it and in all these different ways. Thing, I don't eh? know how they do that, boy. So here's the thing with that, eh? They address that in an episode later. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I know you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Right, so um, up next we have final dismutation. Right, um, this 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 one was is another one of my favorites. Right, so this one is centered on fortune cookies. By the way, in terms of that, points for more or less reminding me why I love the taxi team song so much. Like the two times when they use it in the episode, I was just like, yeah, I, I just love this song. That, that is still one of my all-time favorite um, theme songs. Out of pocket episode. It's like, yes, you know, we just body writers at incestrate. Like the, I, I know, the boy. They, they, they just set up poor Jerry. Because <laughs> what happened? Like, um, they, they had this. Um, I forgot the name of the 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 restaurant, right? Pan Express, right? And you know, they have these fortune cookies. So Jerry get one and saying, "Oh, he will have sex with his mother." And of course, Jerry being Jerry, he like real freaking out about it, right? It's actually a great moment involving, um, uh. Well, Jerry and Rick and these two boxes, and no more or less talking about. Oh, if you pick this one, this one has a note saying, "Well, with the with the fortune in it." Nah. and you because I watch it over again. You know, he actually picks the same box for uh, that's like a like in a row, you know. Like even though Rick switches his back and forth, back and forth, he always picks the exact box right. that has the um the note in it. And I was like, yeah, wow, the, the, the probability thing, yeah, right. Exactly, yeah, yeah, but yeah, and and but you know, um, Rick being Rick, because you know, it's like I'm the smartest man in the world, and they can one up me, or you know, well, I guess, yeah. um, Jay, right? Yeah, he he go to the source, he find out what's going on, <laughs> to you, you see this sort of a pyramid scheme, kind of, um, right, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. They had Janet Pad Padro. <laughs> when I when I saw that, I was like, oh gosh, well, they're taking shots at Chiway. Like I don't know if there's any. No, no, she like, deserves to get taken shots at. Definitely. Well, yes. well, explain, explain. Yeah, you had to explain. Oh yeah, why she just run this like this weird, like I don't know what to call it, but it's just like this kind of weird, like you know, weird self help kind of nonsense called Goop. Look it up. It's some weird nonsense. All right. Yeah, she's a kind of weird crank type. You had to look it up. Some weird, some weird right. culty kind of stuff. Okay, I'll I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. um, and and I will I won't lie to like the moments inside in inside that um that underground place because they of course it's underground, right? Yeah, was some of the most hilarious stuff ever. Like I love yeah. the the Sailor Moon stuff involving the clues right. with uh with with Rick and um and Jerry. I love the back and forth between Jerry and Rick because Rick like real saying, you know what? I don't need your help and I don't love you. And Jerry like all denying it to all that kind of stuff. Um, the bits involving the the fortunes and when you know Janet's security guard swallowed them and they. 
her powers. I love all of that, right? And then, yeah. you know, Rick have these, these shades where he could see, oh, this is your power and all that kind of stuff. I love how yeah. he just keep, like, you know, counterbalancing all those things. So, like, there's one guy who could stick on the walls. You yeah. fuck him up with that. There's one person who improves the bullets. You fuck him yeah. up with that. And just doing all these things, man. That's how it plays out to the end was brilliant, right? Um, I even like the post credit scene as well too, where it yeah, you know it's this whole zoo thing because um the rest of the family was supposed to go, but they all like laughing at Jerry because he's so hung up on the whole fortune cookie thing now. So they go to the zoo and there's this bit involving like the 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 food that they give zebras. Apparently, when people come in, they eat it too, and then they go rabid and they they puking and going crazy and killing each other. That yeah, that, that just went insane there. But what I will say if I just have one gripe, even though I was loving everything else prior to that, that like I thought they would at least cut back to the to the zoo stuff a little bit instead of like just telling me the whole joke and just give me all the bits quickly in like about a minute and then like just telling us the joke and the payoff and everything like that now so it kind of feels like you know all the bits that would have um been spliced in in between the you know the um well you know the a, the a story if you will right it felt like it was just the b story taken out completely Right. And just kind of compress into like about a minute and a half. And then we, although it was funny, it was funny, yeah, but it just kind of run through it pretty quickly, right, in my opinion. But yeah, other than that, though, this, this episode was was awesome. I just love that whole fortune cookie mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. yeah, I would say this is one of the most action-packed episodes um, of, of the season here. And they, they, they did not disappoint with that one. So yeah, your, your thoughts on episode five. Right, so yeah, uh, the this episode was funny as hell, though. I didn't expect, again, out of pocket as hell with the central concept of it. Uh, but it works. And what I like about this episode, too, Okay, so the, the good thing about this season is because of how much of a status quo reset everything is, it have all these powers and, and, and principalities, for the lack of a better term, that Rick have no cab just up and destroy. Like he had to actually make an effort. And I yes. like how it, it plotting the story. It's made good for better plotting now. Like it really is science reaching this limit. We got all of this time now. Um, I forget the joke was, but it basically didn't. He couldn't he make the portal gun again now. He make the portal gun back yet. Mm-hmm. And it eventually had to make it work for what it is. And yeah, they, they just keep building the conceit for what it is. And it is very, very funny and well done for what it is. And again, out of pocket as hell, eh? You need to, you need to chill out with this incest jokes, eh? but uh, it's still good. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, boy. Poor, poor Jerry, boy. Poor Jerry, right? So up next we have Jurixic Mort, right? Uh, this this okay. one was, uh, was was solid. This one was hard. This one was hard, right? Um, so we have like these dinosaurs. So you know, of course, we as humans all take it. Oh, dinosaurs extinct, right? But yeah, these advanced species show up. You know what I mean? It reminds me a lot of um. Oh gosh, what's the name of that episode? The Twilight Zone one with it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, these these really advanced aliens they come and they pretty much tell you this is how we gotta run the world and everything kind of changes, right? For the better in quotes. But then you realize it's some kind of like insidious stuff going on. So it's something like that, right? So you show up, it's like, oh well, we now have to make things a lot better, right? And I don't know, I could be wrong, but I kind of see this as um as you know, sort of like a play on the on the um pandemic in a way, right, like okay, yeah. like you know, we have this thing going on, so we have to get used to this new life now. We have to be at home and, you know, do things from home. That That's how it felt like that, especially with the montage um, that we got. We got two montages, actually. One one of, uh, actually, both of which involved this sort of, like, weird folk song, but they just making references to, to other species of dinosaurs. That was pretty funny as well, right? But yeah, um, of course, Rick is all like, nah, this is all bullshit. And he realized now that, you know, every time that the these dinosaurs show up on a planet to try and make things better, this <laughs> maniacal meteor is just show up. 
Right. I just blew things up there. Um, and also points for, you know, um, this bit involving a creator. So every time Rick goes on different planets, he, he, he asks them, okay, so what about the creator? But, the, uh, but then the aliens themselves don't even know the the um, the physical makeup of the dinosaur. So they right. all assume that they come with the creators is about some other ship in this there. So one of them, I think the last one that, that Rick and Morty visit, now they talk about, oh, that's where they went to do some skateboarding tricks and all that kind of stuff, right? right? But yeah, yeah, how how all that plays always was pretty was pretty clever and funny as well, boy. And and also this is closed by poor poor Jerry boy. Jerry had his book for years about how to just relax and chill and live your life, boy. <laughs> Put it out. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry take the book. <laughs> and just pretty much say, oh, we're just gonna give it to everybody in the world, and we're not even gonna credit Jerry boy. That was sad. That was real sad. Yeah. But I'll stop here. But yeah, your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah. This was, yeah. It's all about. It's a lot of it. Is is a lot of. Like Jerry being the one to you know to delude the chaos now. Um, yeah, I this was it wasn't my favorite, but it's still pretty well done for what it was trying to do and go for. But the central conceit of it is funny. There's these very condescending are genuinely smarter than uh Rick, you know, dinosaurs, right? They they are yes. Um, like, I forgot and, to mention they actually they actually have their own version of portal gun and right, Rick is like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, illustrating how how the, everything outside the central finite field. So that is basically where they where they are now in this in this um conceit. They, they, they come from the outside of that framework of all this extra power and whatnot. Um for what it is. And yeah, I, I don't I don't know it's absolutely hilarious. This episode is really well done. The whole meteor of dinosaur thing is funny too because it's like that makes sense again. Uh God, Keith David as the president is still funny, so Roger. Like Boy, it's the kind of shit this uh, man is talking about. But there's a bit yeah, where he talk about, um, hey, like, like he, like he, like when, like, um, when he, when he met, uh, met up with, with Rick, I believe, for the second time in the show, he, he, like, he, he asked him for Molly, or at least he assuming he'll bring Molly for him. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, the bit with him in the United Nations, you know, talking to them yeah. like, uh, like, yeah, we, we, we thought you all extinct. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, Marvel, like a Marvel movie. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, like Endgame, you know, we're not going to just sit down and let you guys take over, right? Like, this, his, his bits in that sequence had me going, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the dinosaurs keep referencing how they're very condescending. But their, their whole balance system makes a lot of sense. You're like, the nicer you have, which I, I get the feeling is a kind of like a, a kind of, uh, play on American conservatism, like, you know, you have this super nice, genuinely smarter than you, but super condescending liberal audience, and then <laughs> you have these just total trash bag type of um, Republican types, though. like, that's what it, what it was kind of, I think that's what it was going for, like, you know, you have people who just total sort of nonsense and crap on conspiracy theories, and then you have, you know, these enlightened types, but they're real douchey, you know, in the same country, like, that's so weird, right, like, that's a weird concept. But they make it work. Like it's a really funny episode. Um, the, the, the central conceit of it of Rick having his limits again. You really see Rick with his limits. I like. I'm liking that. It's good stuff. Um, they're making it work for what it is. So yeah. Right. So up next we have what is, in my opinion, the best episode of the season. Full meta Jack Rick boy. Yeah. Um, they 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 take they they take the concept of meta boy and explore it in so much creative ways, boy. I was just clapping throughout. Just like legit clapping right so yeah, it's pretty much a, a a sequel to you know the the episode with um with story, story lord right okay story, story lord right right yes. yeah with the with the story tree right okay, yeah story lord return now um and you know it's it's but 
it's how they set it up, Jed, with you know the previously on Rick and Morty thing, Jed. Okay, seeing bits from the intro, especially with the whole Jack the Ripper thing, which he, which he, like, I actually thought that they were going to, to, to show in, a, um, in the episodes, but no, they didn't, right? But they actually show it up there. So, like, oh, wait, like, I missed something. Like, I thought about it for a second. I'm like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. They play with us. And they just keep going, going, going with all these absurd, you know, um, references to things that happened in the past, you know, re- recently, but it didn't happen, right? And yeah, as you know, it's it's just to throw the audience off. They realize that yes, there's this alien. What is why called the the previously Leon? That's that's yeah, what his name. Leon. Yeah, previously Leon. Yeah, yeah, pre- yeah, previously Leon, previously yeah. Leon. Sorry, right? Yeah. yeah, who just likes like he just feeds off of you and gives you all these mental images of oh, this is what happened to you in the past, all right. that kind of stuff, right? And Dude, the episode just keeps going, boy. So even in the intro, where you see, where you hear the team saw, they going through that, and yeah. you know, what he losing his mind is like, what is this? Like, are we part of a show and all that kind of stuff? That Rick is like, look, just forget. We just need to to stop this thing, right? Yeah. Um, the bit that had me going, boy, was where they they actually ran into um the self referential six boy. Oh yeah. my god, boy. <laughs> dog flashback and is it really a man just like flash i was like yes you have um but what my favorite one was i uh, was retconjured you know because <laughs> yeah. all he does doing is literally talking to you as if the thing that he say is has happened or is about to happen already did so he more talking to you like that happened you know it's like no he, he spoke it into existence Jen. i just yeah. love that bit like just the introduction of of the separate um referential six boy had me going Jen. you literally had a character called um, plot twist Jen. you had a, a character that that was doing continuity errors and all that kind of stuff but it was just going 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 right um Joseph Campbell is there, right? Uh, or at least, I think it's... That, uh, that line, Joseph Campbell, and then my boy says, Soup Dread, that had me stitches, Dread. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love I love this a bit where he talks about... Uh, what does he say? What he say? How, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of film that that has uh, an old man making soup, right? But yeah, the, the, the Campbell soup bit was was hilarious, in my opinion, right? And then, the, uh, well, at Rick and Morty's like, yeah, we, we do it, though. I think... Um, I think they say what the Matrix movies or like every movie ever like never mention an old man and soup, right? But right. um, you may have to help out with this one here, Ricardo, right? So the creator of Story Lord himself, right? I forgot right. his name, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> by the way, Story Lord's, you know, uh, motivation dread had me in stitches. That's when man literally yeah. wants motivation, what's his own yeah, motivation? So yeah. he is sucking other people's motivations. <laughs> This is one bit involving this alien that he goes to this porn website. It's like, oh, I have to register. Yeah, <laughs> that I, I was, I was done with that. I was done with that. That had me going right. And how it plays out in the end, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I totally dug man. It's just two bits though that that I didn't really quite feel. Other than that, I still love the episode. That would be the um the end. Like before we get to the to the credits themselves, this is a bit involving the um. Oh gosh, um, Jan, that's his name, right? That's the, the writer. And he, right. he like thinking about okay, where where his where his creativity should go there because Joseph Wallace kinda tell him through through uh Morty that he should kinda stop, right? He should stop writing. But he yeah. kinda motivates himself to write, but is like he was saying a whole bunch of stuff now. More or less talking to himself. But and then afterwards you just see the, the hologram of um, Joseph just saying, No, 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 and it just cuts yeah, yeah. there. 
I, I didn't get that bit. Like, I watched it a few times, but I was just more going off of how he was just going off, like how Jan was just talking shit. Like, uh, that was it, right? And then the, the post-credit scene with, with Tagman, you know what I mean? Just going around, just, just beating people up and, you know, just talk about, yes, I'm Tagman. Yes, that's yeah. who you look forward to. I'm Tagman. He just keeps, like, destroying wave after wave of people. Yeah, I, I felt that bit kind of kind of ran a little too long and kind of felt a little flat for me. But other than that, though, I absolutely love this episode here. So yeah, Ricardo, yeah. your thoughts on that, and maybe you could yeah, can explain a, yeah, that he, that he, that that scene with John and him talking about what to get back into writing. You could explain that to me, I guess. But no, yeah, they, these um, he, that's what he is. He's just a kind of bad writer, though. like he's one of these trashy sci-fi writers that really a lot more self-reported than they give themselves for. That kind right. of stuff. That's always. Can you see in the end? I'll, it's like a movie about a writer or something like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, like, 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 super all right. pretentious and yeah. self-referential and. That, but the thing is, you kind of talking about the, um, the, the what Macaroni writers have the same problem in a different form, right? They, because look, Dan Harmon, I, I consider him one of the kings of meta. Like, right. mm-hmm. you know, he, he really does meta well. And yeah, these meta episodes is always be golden. It's just be the funniest shit. And they, like, the, the, the whole stuff about, uh, you know, we call him Joseph Campbell and all of that whole stuff. Yeah, yeah, they, they're absolutely correct about almost all of that. That makes sense. It's true. It's correct. And they make it, they make it work for what it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the best part of this episode, John, Joseph Candle part is by far the funniest part. Like, it's just yes. so much nonsense. It is so funny and so well done. And it, 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 that's, the story flows. That is why it works. Mm-hmm. So that, that is about it. Not my favorite episode. We'll get to that very now. Okay, okay. But, I could have swear it was that. All right, all right. No, no, yeah, it's a good episode, a great episode. It catch me off guard being the way it is. But not, not my favorite episode. We'll get, we'll get to that with the next one. Right, and I guess I could care for Tagman, the, the post-credits Yeah, yeah it's, it's just yeah. Like a bit, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right, so three more episodes ago, we just move it quick. Um, analyze Piss, boy. This this one caught me completely by surprise. This one pokes fun at supervillains. Particularly, like, Mar- I saw more Marvel than DC here, boy, but it's just the stuff that they reference, boy. Um, the character of Pissmaster, boy, is oh. one of the funniest things I have seen in Rick and Morty ever, in my opinion. It's like a play on Green Goblin, but instead of like you know pumpkin bombs, whoever the bar just have like piss piss guns. <laughs> He just pissing on people there, right? Is when he and when he should right. So basically what happens is like all these villains just taking shots at um at uh at Rick, right? You know, because Rick is all no um, knowledgeable, all that kind of stuff, right? right. So Rick just wants he just doesn't want anything to do with that again. Uh, so he actually goes by um Dr. Wong. Um last time I saw yeah. who was in the pickle Rick episode, like hey Susan Sarandon, you're back. back. Great. Yeah, 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 right. Um, but yeah. The bit now with with Pissmaster show up right outside the house, trend. It's just how it looked just visually, but he just outside, he just spraying the walls and spraying the garden and all that. I was yeah. I was I was cracking up at that. That was like one of the funniest things I ever seen in my life, right? And yeah, after that now, um, Jerry again going back to Jerry now. Jerry's like, because what happens is that uh, Pissmaster make a. Uh, I really like, um, you know, make a little dirty joke at, at summer, right? Right. And yeah, I mean, Jerry's like, nah, I'm not taking that. You're literally, right. like, beat me, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, 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 that moment had me going to that. It, it's, 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 you could tell it was making fun of um, the live, you know me, with um, Roddy Piper and, right, David, right. you know, the right. whole with, four with or five minute fight scene yeah. thing, you know? 
Well, I'm surprised they can get Keith David for that. That would be funny, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it would have been on the nose, but I mean, you know, gosh, well, like we know right. the scene, right? Uh, but and then afterwards, where you get like this sort of like Green Lantern esque Green Lantern core oh, kind right. of um group of aliens now, so they give they give uh, Jerry this orb now, and well, this is where we get um the shot in the um in the title sequence now we see jerry wearing this mech suit and you know like trying to dodge bullets and whatnot right dodge lasers that's like the only bit that is that is shown actually in an episode in this season here everything else is just you know stuff that's from Harmon and them uh, uh, imagination or whatever right but yeah and, and when it took that was was really great as well i love that rick kind of decides to become piss master because the original one just kind of kill himself you know what yes, i mean yeah Completely catch me off guard, Joe. yeah. Like what? And I, I was picking up, I was picking up on some Watchmen vibes too. Like that, right. that, that moment. Yes. Like even how it's all set up with the rain and all that kind of stuff. That is, that is the comedian yes. all over again. You know what I mean? It's, is that right? Is that? Yeah, it's, it's like and, um, I forget the other guy. What's the guy's name? Who was in the in the building? Where he went to? Very similar. Or, or, or you mean you mean the one who kill him? Um, the one who kill him, right? Or the one who finds him? No, um, oh gosh, Rorschach. Oh right. Well, oh God, what's the guy's name by the? Yeah, the character from Watchmen. Gosh, um, the villain, I forget the name, and of V something. Yeah. And I love Watchmen. Eh? And he, 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 he confessed to him that he effectively does. Yeah, and it's um, like, it's all a joke, it's all a joke, and then he threw yeah. him out the window. I forget the guy's name. Um, Oh, gosh, um, Voight. No, that Voight. Um, gosh, I forget the name is V no, no, something, no, no. right? No, well, I mean, the, the other guy, who, 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 when he is crying to him, that, oh right, right, right. That's the um. Oh gosh, there was a villain. There was a villain. Yes. That that he had fought, right? And then yes. yeah, he just show up in the bad houses like it's all right. a joke. It's all a joke. And the man's yes. like, "We talk about bro. Like right. you just try to kill me like numerous times. When you come into me crying because you died, and but I know you talk about. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at, at the end of the day, it's how they just make fun of all these superhero tropes. Um, right. points for um. Oh gosh, the the Magneto one, boy. This yeah. <laughs> The guy but they make, they, make, they make fun of the whole. You make fun of the whole. You know, challenging somebody on the internet bullshit, though. Like you know, yes. you had to challenge somebody. You had dies why you got to and so on, so on. You had to you had to get famous off of that nonsense. And you know, internet, internet. You know, getting points now, and we call it clout. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. A, a big part of it is the clout chasing. That's what it's called. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's also, um, well, lastly. Right. Also, lastly, um, I see my boy, um, Mister Nimbus as well too. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's one of my favorite, you know, comic book reference characters in this. Right. You know, this is over sexualized asshole version of um of Nemo. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Or, Nemo, yeah well, right. Nemo, Nemo, and Aquaman. Right. But yeah. Right. But yeah. It's, this is your favorite episode. Um, gush away. Why? Why? Gush. Right. <laughs> yeah. Your your thoughts on analyze this? When it got to the part where the fella commits suicide, I was like, what the hell is this, Red? <laughs> I didn't Like, we know we shouldn't laugh, but it's kind of funny that I can't do this part. Yeah, you ass whooped by a human. That is funny. Yeah. And it's like, and then these, and then, like, okay, so this, this, arc, this whole, this whole season was a, a big part of it is about Rick and his kind of trying to improve himself arc. And I, I like how they play that off at the end, too. Like, this really clever what they do with it at the end. Uh, but no, I just, I just was just so shocked at how they do or they played that whole thing off with Rick and the daughter. And then, yeah, Rick and Dr. Wong interacted. It's like the best thing ever. Like, Dr. Wong coming I, back. I love, like, I love those moments, yeah. Exactly. Such a great call, dude. It, it just had me cracking up, John. Like, yeah, all right. Like, last week was good. But last week was, like, the meta stuff you expect. This, I find that that one, this episode eight, that was just straight up brilliant. I, I, it really get, it really catch me off guard. Yeah. Right. Loved it. So, 
uh, we get to the penultimate episode now, a Rick and King Mortar's Mort, right? Right. Uh, this this one was pretty funny as well, too, right? But I love how this and the next episode connects to, you know, episode 8, right? So, in a nutshell, what happens is that Morty ends up uh, being roped into the Knights of the Sun. Right. Um, also, <laughs> didn't know till like, the, um, the, the credits that Jack Black and Daniel Radcliffe yeah, that were voice yeah, actors. Yeah. Like, what? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, so, yeah, literally, Rick sorry morty goes into the sun itself right yeah. and this this is a straight up um game of thrones parody here right? right so yes it's it's basically making fun of the night watch right you know and then well eventually because the the king dies now yeah morty becomes king right so it's not so much king of the north but king of the sun right okay. uh but then you have these other planets now you know because they're all you know trying to get this this particular scepter right so think of it kind of like the iron throne in a sense right. i mean yeah. who has it has the most power right so yeah so because um morty has it though and he could really care less about it all the other kingdoms if you will go into war right so here's here's a moment that that had me like like i was i was like all right that is one of the smartest choices i've seen in the season thus far right the montage involving this civil war right between yeah. all the, the classes right <laughs> what play... represent it <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yeah santa santa yeah. of all people right they play pink floyd's goodbye blue sky right yeah for real. The brilliance of this of that choice right if you've seen the movie pink floyd the wrote war right that is like the one of the few animated sequences in the movie right and that is like a pure nightmarish view of war itself right and the side effects and all that kind of stuff right and yeah, the song itself is about, you know, moving past the serious war and all the lives that were damaged and all that kind of stuff, right? Just showing the gloominess of it all, right? But to have that to have that as a choice of song, Dread, while well, you see all these races going into war and all that kind of stuff, though, that was brilliant, right? Okay, yeah, it is kind of nightmarish on the one hand, but kind of funny too at the yeah. same time as well, right? It's just the irony of it all, Dread. But that's, that choice of song and just that montage, boy, that, is, that makes for one of the best moments of the season, in my own uh, honest opinion, right? And yeah, uh, where where the story ends as well too was 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 pretty funny as well too, yeah. especially um, the whole sacrifice thing involving um, Morty's penis. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the post credit scene was pretty interesting too, where we go back to this hot dog vendor that Rick initially was was waiting for right, to yeah, get yeah. our food from, right? And he realizes like some kind of big ring involving the hot dogs themselves, like you know, right. stolen hot dogs and all that kind of stuff. That was that was funny, but you no, know, well. I, I would say it was it was bizarre, but I was enjoying it, right? But the payoff was with it. I would say the payoff was definitely with it, right? Um, but yeah, this wasn't one of my favorites, though. But I, I really, really dug how they was just poking for that Game of Thrones and all those tropes and whatnot. But yeah, your, your, your thoughts on episode 9? Yeah, I get it. It's pretty good. It, it, quite funny for what you're just trying to do and go for. Yeah, it, it had it had me crack it up. But it was nice because it was, for me, it was just such a step down from 8. But that, it, it, still, it was still real hard because it's like, they really do the war thing. They make that funny. They make that bounce around really well. Um, but there's a plot thing that you learn that happens in this episode. Especially they're making fun of the whole... Um, oh, gosh. Is that called back to the Acid, acid Batna? Uh, oh, right, right, right. Well, yeah. um, I think what you see... He has an argument, actually, with Rick, yeah. right? And you see, you know, uh, he brings up the Vata Acid. And in that particular point, no. Um, right, I should bring this up. Um, Rick was talking about, you know, um, all right, well, I, I like how you stand up for yourself. You, you're taking ownership. You know, you're not you taking know. no shit. So, right, I'm going to be 22% more, you know, respectful, if you will, towards you then. You see how that plays out in the next episode, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah go on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, 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 they play that out for what it is because, yeah, Morty was just not having you. He was just, things were not, not working out. He always trying to figure out a way to squeeze out of it. He can't get out of it. And Rick, Rick you really feel like if Rick Rock fucking him up there. Uh, but they're making it work, though. And I, I was like, it's not super funny, but they, they, they make some good bits with it. Like, the stuff with the heroin was funny. The religion stuff was funny. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is, it, 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 it just, I felt it, 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 I don't know how I improve it, like, but it was still good. Still pretty good. All right, all right, all right. And now we have, let me see if I can pronounce it, right? Rickadon, Rictional Mortpoons, Rickmus, Mortcation. Right. If I butcher that, forgive me, right? Of yeah, course, the play on National Lampoon's Christmas yeah. Vacation, right? Yeah. Um, and I would say right off the bat, uh, this is going to be one of my go-to Christmas specials, TV specials. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be rewatching this way because this, this, this shit got me into the spirit. And it just had me cracking up, like literally from Saturday, right? Um, the, the the setup is brilliant, though, where, you know, Rick now, and I, I love how, you know, the, the, the uh, how this episode, like, real had you fooled, eh? So yeah. they're like, you know, Rick just being happy because it's Christmas and maybe he drink a little too much as he normally does, right? But hey, he just come giving out gifts to everybody. So like, you know, he has given Morty a Star Wars lightsaber, right? And I mean, I have to give props for, you know, adults who for pulling this off, right? Well, I mean, the makers behind the show, Dredd. Like, I don't know, like, the girl hook up with, with Lucasfilm and, and get the actual sound effect for, you know, the lightsaber. Like, all right, okay, okay, okay. Because I know they they would have had to do that. It wouldn't it wouldn't been like they just found that that sound effect from you know um, YouTube and news that they had to get clearance for that, right? I I could be wrong, but whatever, right? But yeah, it, it goes even further now because while Morty's playing with the lightsaber, it drops vertically, right? And it just keeps going down and down and down now. And then what well, we learn now, because the president, yeah, you know, we boy the president right shows up, right? Yeah. And pretty much says that you know, well, if 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 left unchecked now, that lightsaber is gonna hit the core. And it's gonna destroy the world, right? Right. So yeah, um, yeah, they make you fun know, of the core. Has, yeah, they that make fun of the core, right? Um, yeah. that that film from the two thousands, which I honestly never watched, yeah, but whatever, right? I saw but, it. Yeah. I saw it at the time. It was it was like the best kind of stupid, but yeah, yeah it, it, it looked real dumb. That's what. Yeah, it real was. dumb. Yeah, real dumb. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, but yeah, Morty had to do this now. Of course, he he quarreled with Rick. And it was like, why would you send me do this and all that kind of stuff? And of course, Rick is like, why would you you know play with it and and you know what you know the you know the usual quarrel or whatnot, right? But what you learn now is that that actual Rick is actually a robot, right? Because yeah. Rick being Rick now actually set you know actually create a uh, robot of himself and add the whole twenty two percent kindness thing towards him right. now. So while he is in this underground bunker now, looking for um for Rick Prime, Prime, Prime yeah. which, which I thought was interesting. It's a good right. It's a good interesting reveal because of the whole well, he didn't develop as much as he could have now, like in terms of improvement now, and he kind of reject the whole thing when Morty tell him because he tell him why now Morty tell him in the, in the previous episode. I was like, okay, that's a nice interesting character between the two of them now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, go ahead. And and he also mentioned to Aloni uh, in that previous episode, right? That oh, he find Rick boring, right? And he yeah. real take that to heart too, Dre. Like, oh, you yeah. can call me boring, right? With all the adventures and how I actually fix the portal gun and all that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's all that stuff with um, you know, just going down and trying to get this lightsaber. Um. Also, there's this sort of meltdown, if you will, with the president talking about oh, like he doesn't rip it apart, you know, um, Star Wars and the the, the right. prequels. And sequels and TV shows, and I like wow, Jordan. You know, well, no, but, 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 but,
Yes, yes. When yeah. he realized, oh well, he actually is a Star Wars fan boy. Right. We talk about, oh, I, w- I was there from the beginning, you know, Dread. So I not yeah. with this Gen Z version of Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah, how they play on that eventually, where he is like, you know, um, you know, he's like Darth Vader or like Lord Sidious now, when he actually like escapes the planet. Because yeah, again, no, well, um, you know, the real Rick actually had a lightsaber on him, and it does the same thing, right? Um, yeah, but that that bit when the president flying off with you know the the, the White House flying off, that yeah. that had me going. Dreaded. He he had the nerve to do this messaging nation, <laughs> and then he realized yeah. he actually in space. Now that, that was funny. I I really dig that, right? Um, and where it ends now, which I appreciate, right? Although it was a slight letdown for me now, is where the real Rick tells Morty, you know, this is what I've been doing, yeah. and. You know, he's he could be in all these other places, right? Because you see different areas around the world, right? It's like, yes, we're gonna go and we're gonna find him because the portal gun is fixed, and this is gonna be season seven, man. Season right. seven, Morty, right? And and of course, then you know, in the post credit scene, you see we boy, um, Mr. Poopy Bottle, and we see you know him <laughs> compensated for the fact that he girl leave him, well, he wife leave him, <laughs> yeah. he bought the bodybuilding. I thought that bit was, was pretty funny, right? Yeah. Uh, and especially like how you talking through it and oh, all that kind of stuff, that was, that was pretty cool, right? But if I just have one little gripe though with this episode, and you know, just the, the season as a whole, is that I thought we would uh, see the real the, the big confrontation between our Rick and Rick Prime, just like I thought that nah, would have been right. the so, yeah, they, they, they like, a, uh, yeah, they, yeah. They, hold up, they hold it back, yeah, they hold it back. Yeah, I, I wanted to see it because they set it up so well in the yeah. in the end of the first episode, so I thought you would have seen it at least in the final episode, but they're like, nah, but still. As as a Christmas special, I I love it. This is what I'm yeah. gonna be going back to, and as a as a as a um finale, that, I it's that really whole, as well. That whole bit with, with Jerry and the burglar to the fourth seat parallel version of it, Jared. Oh, oh my god! Can I forget so that boy, dog? Yeah. It's like oh my god, so many streets, yeah. and I'm on 47th Street. I'm, is there a miracle? I'm seeing a miracle, and it just keeps <laughs> going on. But I was like, I I was I was laughing. I was just I was done. At that point. I just keep going and going and going, and I love it, right? But yeah, um, as a whole, though, I I absolutely love this season here, man. It was like just, it's just again, boy, just the creativity, the storytelling, just how the humor just moves quickly, but it's always so smart and so clever. Um, some jokes ever so often might fly past your head, boy, but like like me, I actually rewatch a few episodes just to prepare for this um review here, and yeah, some bits I was just like, wow, boy, I didn't even realize that, right? But again, I. I just I just envy these people, Dre. You know, the creative team behind this. But I don't know how they're just able to just crank out these episodes. Well, I mean, it's not like they do a lot of episodes, right? But you could tell they put a lot of time and a lot of care and effort into this way because it's just literally nonstop humor, right? Um, also love the the, the further development of of Rick, right? Well, more than yeah. Morty actually, but just Rick himself. And that's how insecure he is, right? You really yeah. you really see that in this in this season here, right? And of course, you know, um, everybody else gets their time to shine, whether it's summer or bet or space bet. I was actually surprised we saw a lot of space bet in this season here, right? But whatever, right? Um, and Jerry boy, like like you see you see a lot of of um like a lot more development with Jerry here too, but uh, what I do that that episode eight boy where he, the man actually like beat the piss. Out of piss past the way, yeah. yeah. That that is one of the best moments of the season. Bar none, that 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 ass whooping was great though. I would like, right? And yeah, just just once again, you know, just animation on point, um, uh, music on point. That's just everything across the board is on point, man. So yeah, rating wise, um, yeah, light to decent four and a half out of five. Right? Easily one of the best seasons, if not the best season we've got thus far, man. At season seven, I can't wait, man. I really can't wait. 
So Ricardo, yeah. um, your thoughts on this fight on this finale? Um, if you see it as a Christmas staple, you know, for you right. and this overall yeah. thoughts of the season. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, pretty funny. The finale wasn't super great for me, but but the whole thing about Star Wars fandom and you know, just the whole whole you know, the whole commentary on that now. Like, yeah, Star Wars was 40 years ago. Like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> That's why it could be like that. And yeah, it it, it they, they make it work for it was and, and they, they lead up to so we'll see what's going on next season and the whole prime rick thing. Because yeah, I, I really want to see how they're gonna resolve that and how they're gonna address it. Um and we going forward. Yeah, but it is my personal favorite season so far. Like it's just so funny and really well done. And it just just had me cracking up and just actually again, rule of thumb, you know, if you keep my attention, you had to keep my attention fully. You know, that hard that real hard to do nowadays for some reason, you know. They, they they did it and they they really kept me for what it is. So yeah. Um yeah, pretty high score for me going forward. I actually really liked it a lot. All right, but what, what would that rated be? What would you give? Oh it? yeah, uh, sorry, actual number. Oh yeah, nine out of ten. <laughs> All right, nice, nice, nice. So yeah, again, Rick and Morty does it again, they knock it out the park again by yeah, season seven. Again, I can't wait for season seven. All right, so let's talk about a few movies now, right? So um you'll kick things off with uh, Bones and All, right? Um this is the newest film from Luca Guadagnino. Um, if we got the, the, the surname wrong, forgive me. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I suck in, um, in Italian, right? But whatever, right? Um, regardless if you don't mind, I want to do the substance to this, right? But um, yeah, um, this was a movie that I was hearing about for the past couple months or so because uh, as you should do right now, I'm in list mode, right? So I'm just, you know, more or less finalizing my best of this for the year, right? And uh, this show is showing up on on some, not all, but some people's best up, right? So I was curious, right? Um, mainly because of the director, right? You know, um, this was a guy that um, I pretty much have been following since, you know, he dropped his um, 2017 film, Call Me By Your Name, right? Um, which uh, which introduced me and I imagine to a lot of people, um, Timothy Chalamet, right? This was, yeah, this was the first time I saw him um, ever. And this was a film that that earned him uh, earned him sorry an Oscar nomination, right? Um, afterwards, he did uh, Suspiria, and this is coming from somebody who isn't the biggest fan of the original Suspiria, but I do appreciate it in its place in terms of um, you know of, of classic horror films, right? Especially from uh, from Italy, right? You know, with that um, Dario Argento. Um, I, I was let down by this man. Um, it it just felt like. All right, like I understand that you know he didn't want to remake it per se, but it just felt so totally different from what the original one was. It was this kind of weird meditation and war and stuff like that, and it didn't really play on the whole, you know. Oh, it's this ballet school, but it have witches there, right? Um, until the end, though, or I should say the climax, where it just got weird. I remember making a joke that the climax of it felt like I was watching some old Enigma music video. And if you know which music video I'm talking about, then yeah, you are clearly a child in the '90s, right? But whatever. So yeah, I was I was kind of let down by by Suspiria. I know you were a fan of that show, but I don't know. It just didn't work for me, right? So um, I saw Bones of All, Bones and All now, and in a strange way, it kind of feels like you know just like a genre mashup of his last two films, right? Where it's a romantic drama, but it's also a horror film, and it's also a drama. Well, yeah, I should say, yeah, a, a horror film, but in this case here, it's also a road movie, which actually caught me by surprise. You know what I mean? So yeah, you could tell, and especially in this film, you know, you could tell he's drawing from films like. Badlands and Paris, Texas, and films like that, right? Yeah. Especially Paris, Texas. I saw some Paris, Texas stuff in it as well, right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, Bones and All, Ricardo. What is Bones and All about? Yeah, so it's about this uh, this girl by name of uh, 
Marin. Marin? Marin, Marin. Marin, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she went to sleep over to some friends, and then she just, like, decided to bite your friend finger real hard. Like, it was trying to, it, it probably was going to do something sexual experimental, but that's not where it went. She nope. decided to bite. <laughs> she got damn friend hand out. Uh, well, so finger like, off, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I like, uh, okay. So I, I listen, I went into this completely blind. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Didn't expect that. I, like, I, all right. Yeah, I I, I, knew, I, didn't know that this mo- that moment was going to happen. Right. But I so knew I that, saw, well, just to get it out of the way, that there's some cannibalism involved. That's, right. that's all I, I knew. Was, I was, was kind of hyped for it because I see the father was um, Andre Holland. Like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I was right. like, oh, so, this, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so she basically, she, um, she, the father abandoned her. Uh, to friend for herself, he leave a note and then tell her, well, where to go find um her mom, and the mom will explain uh, the situation. Um, apparently, when she was a child, she was young. She used to, she I think ate a babysitter, or I tried to eat the babysitter, and he kind of was covering up for years. But he's like, yeah, enough for this, and so she kind of have to go out and seek out on her own to go and find she mother, to, to presumably explain this behavior. And uh, then doing all of that, she meets Mark Rylance and dies when shit started to get real weird. Like, ah, okay, I think I know what's going on. So we're getting some raw vibes. Uh, all right. And that is where it builds from there. So then she meets Mark Rylance. She goes off. And then she meets off um, another young man. This is Timothy Chalamet. And that get freaky because what he do. And you find out our whole history of that. And so on and so forth. Mm. And yeah, it's. It's a countable movie, so yeah, what yeah. the fuck about you? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I went into this completely blind, but I uh, thought it was pretty damn cool uh, for what it was. Uh, again, not uh, you know ignoring the, the, the disgusting nature of it. Everybody is great in this. Um, Mark Ryland stood out for me. Uh, I thought he was great. I uh, didn't expect him to be as good as he was. Um, well, you know, I mean, it's Mark Ryland, but you know, he, but still, uh, just didn't expect him in the movie. Like, what here in this? And what they do with him? He just plays like this is the creepiest motherfucker ever, Jared. Um, in this show. but uh, the main star she's pretty good. I forget her name, and then Timothy Chalamet he's quite good as well. Um, right. And it, it it resolves itself quite well. And it feel you know what it felt like it felt like an anti YA romance novel. It felt like a flip of that. You know? Like they take the idea and then subvert it in a real interesting way. I don't know if this was a book, probably was. Um, but it felt like a subverted ro- YA romance novel. Because it totally have the romance YA romance aesthetic and build up. But the conceit of it is so creepy and disturbing. And they don't play it, they don't feel edgy. That's what I like about it. They don't feel edgy at all. But it's it's disturbing. Like they make it really, really creepy and really well done for what it is. Uh yeah. Um that's how I feel about it. Just to start with. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I I do agree with you for the most part, but you know, you you say you went in blind, I'm glad that you did. Um, in my case, I just knew cannibalism and a love story. That that's all I knew, right? But I didn't know the context of what was going on, right? And just to touch on the cannibalism for a bit, right? So what I do like is how it actually ex well, not explain it, but kind of justifies it in the world of this um of this film here, right? Um for me, how I saw it was almost like um just using big terms here. Um, lycanthropy, right? It it feels almost like just the way how the characters move is almost wolf-like, right? Right. And that's why I like you know the inclusion of you know uh, Mark Rylance's character, right? Yeah, he too is a cannibal as well, right? But I just like the idea that yeah, when oh, it, when I they can call smell eaters. Eaters, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
yeah, uh, the, the idea that oh, I could smell you, yeah. or I know this this person going to die. You know what I mean? That that's that's real wolf stuff, there. Yeah, and yeah. you know, but but Mark Rylance, by the way, yes, he is he is his standout performer in this. Though he crushed it in this, he was great. He was creepy AF boy, um, but it totally works. So it totally works in terms of the character. And how I saw him was yeah, like this this lone wolf, like a literal lone wolf who has been doing this for years. And when I say doing this, um, it, it's kind of set up that it's kind of against their control. So it's not like um, it's something that they can wholeheartedly keep deep-rooted. It's just like yeah. if the urge comes in and, you know, they, they, and they feel that like they have to feed, they will do that. They will, they will attack somebody and do that, right? So it's like that, right? But here with him now, it kind of feels like, yeah, he's this lone wolf now. And he needs like a pack now. At least he needs someone to roam with, if you will, right? And it just so happened he run into Marin what he's smelling, he literally smelling, right? First red flag right there, right? And yeah, he just got touched real quick though. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, she liked me and I could I could um tutor, I could mental her and show her how to survive and all that kind of stuff, right? So you just thinking, all right, I could be I could be the the, the alpha male in this whole thing there, you know what I mean? But then <laughs> this uh, actually a great moment actually. I actually like that she does it. Yes, she ran away, she, like literally the day after meeting him, is just like nope. And she just runs away and then eventually runs into Timothy Chalamet's character, right? He plays Lee, by the way, right? And with Lee now, again, he's alone as well, too. But in his case, it's just like he just want to survive, you know, I mean, he actually has family. Well, they say he have a mom, but we don't see the mom. We actually see his sister. And they right. never really say if the sister is an eater as well, too. I kind of doubt it, right? Um, yeah, if it's one thing, they, they, they could at least kind of clear up, um, you know, I, I assume the gene with this whole eater stuff, like who gets right. it and whatnot, right? Because yeah, similar to Raw, I get, I'm glad that you brought up Raw now. Yeah. Um, it's it's justified that they actually see it, that they actually show it actually, that you know, um Ma- Marin got it from her mom, right? They actually saw yeah. you actually see her mom actually in, in it as well, right? Um, uh, yeah, Chloe, Chloe Sevigny um shows yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 uh, although you don't see too much of her, but yeah, yeah, that 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 moment did stand out in more ways than one. That's all I will say, right? But yeah, she she owned that that performance, right? Uh, but yeah, I I do like I, I do find the whole eater mindset to be real intriguing, right? Even though they yeah. don't really explain it too much. But again, I see it more of like a, a wolf kind of thing, right? And even the way how they move, just going from place to place to place is very wolf-like as well, right? But yeah, um, Mark Rylance is creepy as hell in this too. Uh, I know he just, they're like, all right, well, he, he, he just have a bit and okay, that's it. We are going to see him again. He just focus on, you know, Baron and Lee, right? And then he might just show up again, boy. And then yeah. that just led to some of the most uncomfortable moments in the show, boy. But I will lie, Mark, like, he just played that performance down so well, Dredd. You know, he, he's a character that you love to hate, boy. But you just, just admire how creepy he is. So he really sold it, right? Um, Taylor Russell, who plays Marin, right? I could recognize his face, actually, right? But I did see a film that, or at least a series that she appeared in, um, Lost in Space. She was okay, in the Netflix right, yeah. Lost in Space. Yeah. But I only wrote, I only watched the first season. I never watched the last two, so I don't know if it was any good or not. But whatever. Um, right. But yeah. Um. She 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 literally held the the, the show on her shoulders, man. She was great. Um. You, you see her vulnerability. You see just how her naivety at times as well, and you can just see how, yeah. You know what I mean? She didn't want to be in this position. She doesn't know how to, what to do with this, you know, addiction, if you will. Um. The mere fact that she parents turned she back on she, you could tell 
how you know how how that kind of add to the chip in her shoulder already. I could tell, I could see how how she actually like connects with Lee as as well, right? I actually do thought I actually did find sorry that Taylor and Timothy you know have great on screen chemistry together. You know what I mean? Lee, you know, of course, just being this rebel like kind of character, but eventually warms up to her, right? Um, and I mean, as far as our road movie go, yes, you've seen this before. If you see stuff like say Badlands or you know Bonnie and Clyde, it's it's right. it's like that, right? And they 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 are like that, right? They only run literally, you know, because they are cannibals. And also, there's this nice bit involving, you know, um, characters who kind of and they bring up the whole bones and all thing, right? So yeah, you have literal cannibals hunting each other down, right? So um, I didn't expect to see uh, Michael Stuhlbarg in this as well, boy. But when you yeah, show up, yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, this this real interesting though. Like you know, this is the idea that yeah, to have guys who do the same thing, but they they will they won't hesitate to kill to kill their own, right? That was real cool, actually, right? They actually mean for a pretty creepy moment, right? But what I would say, though, in terms of the of the the genre mashup, um, I think that it was very well handled, right? Um, because yes, while it is primarily a drama, and ever so often is a romance as well, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a romance junkie, you'll get the you know the heartwarming moments and you know the, the moments involving the two uh a sweet and whatnot, right? But essentially, it is a drama we get here, not entirely a horror. Although I will say the third act in particular was pretty horrific, right? But just how they were able to balance the the the, the genres and tones, I thought was very well handled as well. Um, I thought that also the direction was great. Um, Luca really, you know, Doctor Lee Park with direction. Um, cinematography was great as well too. Um, because yeah. I mean, it's a road movie, so you have to see, you know, um, yeah. I mean, the cinematography game had to be on point when it does that, right? And again, the stuff that we see before, you know, so they hitch a ride, they go from place to place, right? They do this really cool bit where you're not, you're, um, like instead of seeing the actual spelling of the of the town or the state that they go to, you see the shortened version of it, right? So like, say Virginia, you'll see VA. I thought that was like a pretty cool, you know, um, visual, you know, um, setup there. I thought that was pretty cool, right? Um, the music caught me by surprise, but I didn't know my boys. Um, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross work on the score, but you're like, what? Okay, okay, because you know it has their, you know, like you know they they will use the strings and whatnot and make you know make it so real emotional and whatnot. But ever so often they'll throw you some kind of off-putting, kind of weird, kind of jittery kind of music that just make you feel uneasy. Like I was hearing it though, but you know I was just more invested in the film. I was really thinking about who composed the the score, right? When I saw the names either at, at the end, I was like, yeah, it's it's them. They they do that. They they do that so well, right? So yeah, they, they came through with a great score here, right? Um what I would say as far as just just a few gripes. Um similar to Suspiria and similar to Komi um by your name, it it does run a little too long at times, right? And this is this is like a, a two hours and ten minutes, right? Even though I didn't mind what was going on on screen, it, it did feel like it did drag at some yeah, points, especially bit, yeah. in the second act. I felt like it kind of dragged a bit. Um, other, and also, too, I forgot to mention, um, while I do appreciate the ending, right? The, 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 the final image is great, right? While I do appreciate it and what they're trying to say there, um, I am a I am I am a clue I am a I am a guy who loves clues. I want to see where characters end up at the end. I wanna I wanna leave the show knowing oh this is where this character is gonna be. And they kind of just stop the story at a point. It's 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 actually a a, a really impactful, really emotional impact, emotionally impactful moment where the film stops right. But I want to see what happened to the character. That's all. That's all I say. This yeah. kind of stops, so we don't know 
what is going to be the future for this character here. It kind of sucks because I want to see, you know. You don't just stop the show just so because, well, you know, things happen, right? I felt that was that the, the, and they could have still have the shot to the end, but they just say, well, nope, movie done. So, yeah, all right, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, though, um, just to get to, to, um, to rate in here now. Um, I really enjoy this band. I don't love it, love it, love it, but I really did enjoy this band. Um, and I would say I enjoy this way more than um, that Suspiria. And it, it kind of remember why people were so enamored by Corby by name. It, it kind of feels yeah. like a mashup between those two films in terms of genre. And it absolutely works, right? I'm just glad that, you know, Luca and Timothy, you know, reunite and they work on this because clearly you can tell that they, they, they just work well together, man. And I don't know if they'll make any more films in the future, but I will be on board to see what they do next, man. And of course, you know, Taylor Russell, you know, shines in this as well, too. She really holds the showdown very yeah. well, right? And despite the, the, the subject matter, which will be creepy and disturbing for some, um, I didn't come out of it feeling like, you know, entirely disturbed. Like, I could still watch it. Like, in, in your case, you went in blind, so yeah, it was easy for you to get freaked out at points, right? Or disturbed at some points, right? But on that though, it's not the most shocking or um, subversive or even frightening horror film you yeah, will see it this is, year. It my, my it's not thing. like that. Yeah, no, my, my main thing is that I didn't feel it wasn't edgy. That's my main thing. It doesn't try to be edgy. Oh. Or, exactly. That was my main concern. And it didn't, it ultimately, yeah, it was gross. I mean, it, it, I mean whoever do them. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Who do them costume stuff was brilliant. Uh, they, they had a yeah. probably uh, uh, award or two. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're good to bring up that too. Yeah, uh, there's some great uh, VFX work in this, yeah. some great visual effects, some great practical effects, I right. assume, uh, on this as well too, right? And yeah. I forgot to mention too, the setting of it uh, as well in the late 80s, right? Uh, I have to give props for Luca, because he, he gave the film a kind of a slight indie cinema vibe to it too. Yeah. Like I was watching that, I get a bit of Jim Jarmusch as well. You right, know, we, right. I, I mentioned Paris, Texas, so I got some Wim Wenders there. Like I got some of that too. And there's, there's some flashback scenes, I'll say, or I should say, um, oh gosh, um, dreams, right? Well, this, you know, memories or whatnot, right? And yeah, I was getting some 90s indie vibes from it too. I was like, all right, I like that. that, that that's cool with the whole 60 millimeter, uh, 60 millimeter kind of vibe to it. I was like, all right, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Oh, I forgot to mention one last gripe with it before I get to the written. Um, they use uh, a couple of narrative devices, and I felt like they were kind of like just you know um, derivative. There, like I understand you have to explain to the audience what happened or why the characters the way it is, but I felt like by now it's it's a kind of played out trope. You know, what I mean, it's just like I don't I don't want to see what it is, right? But it's just when you see this, like I I, I understand in terms of the setting, in terms of where the story is set. But it's kind of a plea, no troop by now, but yeah, I don't know, right? But it is what it is. But yeah, um, I, I enjoy this uh, retail-wise. I'm going to give this a decent four out of five, man. Um, this this really slow to me. And what I will say in closing, though, is that I could see this showing up on, you know, like, you know, future, you know, uh, best horror films. I would say, like, of the 2020s, I would say this is one that will be, that will be mentioned, man. And this is one that, as far as horror movies go, yeah, will be, will be remembered for just being so unconventional and different and, most importantly, heartfelt. Yeah, at the end of the day, despite the whole blood and, you know, flesh and all that kind of stuff, it's a really heartwarming story, though, I must say, and, and, and heartbreaking at some points as well. Say, Ricardo, uh, final thoughts are written. Yeah, uh, this one just felt like it felt like a subversion of. I don't know if this is an actual book. It probably is, uh, but it felt like a subversion of a YA novel in its own way. Um, oh, well, well, funny enough, you know, it, it's actually based off of a novel, actually, and you know, it's right. a why You're right. It it does kind of feel like an anti Twilight, you know. In a yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. It feel, yeah, 
it feels like a, a subversion of that. It, it, it doesn't feel, it, but it doesn't come across as edgelord or, oh, it needs a point here in your face that it, it is one of those. No? Um, they just tell a solid story and, and make it work for what it is, uh, especially in terms of uh, her arc, the, the girl's arc, um, and, and the stuff with the mother. I thought it was, was solid stuff. Um, going yeah, forward. Um, but but you, you didn't mention um, Timothy Chalamet. I know you're not a big fan of him, but um, we you talked about his, his, his performance. I, I, listen, I'm completely nonplussed by him, to be honest. Like, he's like, eh, whatever. Like, he's just that guy. He, he, like I get, I get why he's popular, but none of that appeals to me. So it's like, all right, whatever. He's a okay right. actor. He's yeah. A, okay, yeah, he's a okay actor, but I, you know, I, I really get nothing from him yet. Um, yeah, he, he's, 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 like he's that young Leonardo DiCaprio or something. I don't even get that from him either. But right. not like he, he didn't do anything for me to blow me away anything. So it's like, all right, fine, it's fine. He was, he was good yeah. in this. He was, he, mm. he was good. Like he wasn't great. He had nothing to write to him about. I actually liked him more in, in Call Me by Your Name, to be honest. Um, but yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty solid for what it is and, and they make it work. Uh, yeah. Uh, rating, uh, what does I'm out of time. It was decent with, with my time. Uh, I dug it. Yeah, moving on. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So uh, let's talk about the elements for a little while, man. Um, I will talk about Fire of Love. This was a documentary that I was genuinely excited for because just, uh, just, 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 what it was about and just how fast the, the, the subject matter was, right? So what it's about, right? It centers on the real-life couple and the, the both um, volcanologists, right? Um, Katia and Maurice Kraft, Kraft right? Um, the, uh, from France, um, the, well, the show actually explains how they, they met up and whatnot. And yeah, they are just super fans of, of volcanoes, right? They are, they are literally obsessed with them. They will go to different countries and explore them and study them and whatnot. Um, you know, document them, of course. And, you know, uh, well, later on, they'll actually, like, make films and whatnot, right? So this film here, this this documentary here is, mo- I would say, uh, I would say almost entirely is made up of, you know, footage that, uh, archival footage that they shot, right? Um, ever so often, they would cut to, say, like, um, TV footage or whatnot, like if they made appearances on talk shows and whatnot. Of course, you know, talking about what they do and whatnot, right? Uh, but what the show actually sets up from the very beginning is that they died, right? Um, there was a volcano in Japan called Mount Unzen, right? That uh, erupted in 1991, right? And, yeah, they were literally in the midst of it, and they died, right? And we, we well, near the end, of course, I mean, it's not a surprise. Uh, we, we hear about what happened. We don't really see any, like, foot, um, photos or footage or anything like that. But we're just told that, you know, they, they died at a particular point, right? But everything else is just about, you know, their their fascination with, you know, volcanoes and whatnot, right? But um, just to jump into the review here, what it also does as well, though, although I, I, I confess, like, I just wish that they, they, they kind of touch it just a little bit more, um, the passion that they have between each other, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. like, you know, it's it was, the, well, how they, they frame it, it was like this chance encounter, right? And it just so happens that they're just so passionate about this stuff, right? And it was like, okay, we're just going to dedicate our lives to this. We don't want any children. We just want to go over the world and explore this and push ourselves. I want to say push ourselves. I mean, like, literally go as far as they can into, like, the heart of these volcanoes and whatnot, right? Um, and, you know, for me, um, this this was, you know, not just ins- uh, insightful, but rather educational as well, too. You know, you really right. learn a lot about volcanoes, of course, you know, the gray and the, the red ones. Um, mm-hmm. You learn about different ones that, that um, erupted, you know, during um, the 60s into, like, the 90s. And, like, earlier on as well, too, like, they, they, they touch on those as well. 
Um, they touch on how they have impacted art and how they've impacted, um, you know, um, you know, climate and, you know, um, even countries as well, too. So case in point, there was one that um, erupted in, um, I think it was um, Uganda, if I'm not mistaken, right? And that, like, seriously, like, affected um, a particular community. Like, a lot of people, like, died, right? Yeah, I, think, and, I, know, I know it had was some with poison, a poison leak or something like that. I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they mentioned, uh, yes, I believe they mentioned that, right? Yeah, and it was to the point that you know, and I like how the the, the uh, how the show touches on it too, right? Because for them, it's a fascination, right? They they love what they do, right? And yes, they know it's dangerous, right? They're not stupid. They're not like, oh my god, look at the lava, ooh, you know what I mean? No, they know right. what they're getting themselves into, right? But yeah, when it's, it's they realize, the thing, eh? exactly, right, right, right. Yeah. But then when they realize now that people are dying, um, and not just because they, you know. That you know, and not just because they live right next to a volcano, but because they weren't told, or at, at least like the government or whatnot wasn't told as to what they should do in terms of preparations, you know, what I mean, evacuation methods and all that kind of stuff. Um, is either they weren't told or they just didn't bother or they just didn't care, right? And then, well, when people die, and I was like, well, wow, you know, we really should have listened to you guys, right? Yeah. So that literally happened like in the early 80s, if I'm not mistaken, and that pretty much kind of um, represent the shift in terms of their focus, right? So now they, you know, well, at that time, you know, they were creating films and whatnot to, to show governments, especially those that, you know, have um, volcanoes that may seem inactive at, at, at first, but, you know, it, right. it could be active soon enough, right? And pretty much let them know what to do, right? Um, speaking of the of the volcanoes itself, though, I must say from a visual standpoint, uh, this, this show is is just amazing to look at, man. Like, there's just, there are just so much fantastic, just gorgeous-looking shots of, you know, volcanoes and whatnot, right? Um, and, of course, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some psychedelic shit. I, I, I can imagine this movie. I can imagine some people just getting high and watching this movie and whatnot, right? Um, not, not saying that you should, right? But just offer them visuals alone. I mean, lava lamp, right? Think about that, right? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, just just some some great-looking shots. And, and it's those two, is a couple themselves who who got those, those uh, footage. And, Ever so often, you will have um, people assisting them as well, right? Because they're not doing all this on their own, right? They have people that are either indigenous to the place that they're going to or just friends from France who just tag along with them, right? But yeah, some fantastic visuals, I, I must say. And the music is, is pretty solid as well, too. It has a sort of mixture of um, sort of like progressive psychedelic rock. I hear some space rock as well, too. So it's yeah. kind of meant to sound like, again, like you're just watching some sort of psychedelic film that you, you know, you're just getting high to and whatnot, right? But it totally works, right? And um, even in, in the dramatic and more touching moments, you know, you'll get some really like sweet sentimental music as well, right? Um, they even got uh, Miranda July to... Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, her, right? To um to, to narrate this, right? And I must say, right, she she have a kind of a um wood of hers, all kind of voice to her. Like she has this kind of slight whispery kind of voice yeah. to her. But like every time I hear, I just I just keep thinking wood of hers, okay? That's exactly how he talks in general, especially when he does his docs. It, it's it's like that, right? Um, it also has a somewhat wood of hers, all kind of vibe to it as well, too, where it's not just about this couple who is going around looking for volcanoes, but you know, it's trying to get a little deeper into their their obsession and their love, right? And how it reflects on on each other, right? Because there's a great moment actually where um, where uh, Maurice was seeing, you know, if something were to happen to his wife Katya, then you know he wouldn't be able to do anything. He would have to stop what he's doing and take care of her, right? 
So again, they they are totally aware of what they're doing. Um, I also like how the show shows you know the slight differences between the two, right? So case the point, um, they say that um, Katya, for example, she loves to take like still photos. You know, she's always like you know looking at nature and whatnot. While Maurice, on the other hand, is all about big grand grandiose stuff, right? So you know he always shooting a lot of film and whatnot, right? He wants to get large pictures and whatnot, right? Large video and whatnot, right? So it's like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is just such a fascinating film, man. And, and I really love the fact that it didn't overstay its welcome. It just clocks right. in at about uh, 90, 93 minutes. Um, you get the Jesse story. You get, you understand why they, why they literally would meet for each other. And, and I mean, that in itself is just so, 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 um, so endearing, actually, right? Um, I mean, literally, like they were, they were right, right or die each other. You know, they were, they were literally like, you know, with a die featured, right? And I mean, it's it's so sad that they actually died together, right? But look at that, right? But um, at the end of the day, just just before I get to reading um, here, uh, what the show also shows, what the show does so well is just really show the extraordinary life that they live, man, right? Um, they are scientists, so it's not like they they, they believe in the here after what that, but just like, all right, we we here on this earth, we're seeing these volcanoes and whatnot. Um, there's actually a great moment where. Um, well, actually, there's a couple other actors who provide voices for them, right? Because even though you do hear uh, Maurice and Katya's voice through the archival footage, they also have like other actors, well, sorry, actors each to to uh, more or less do a quote or whatnot, right? I think there was one quote that, that Katya said where basically it's almost like, you know, these volcanoes have these like centuries-long secrets. And, you know, we as humans are just you know, trying to peek and trying to, you know, uncover them now. And the yeah. volcanoes are like, why are you doing this for? We should be kept secret. And that's why they erupt. It's almost like, you know, they're punishing us for, for actually being interested in them. You know, it's it's that yeah. kind of weird vibe to it, right? But when you think about it, it, it kind of makes sense given their mindset, right? But um, I will say... Yeah, this is this is one of the best documentaries I've seen this year. Um, I I have a huge feeling that this is going to get a nomination at the Oscars, and I'm rooted for this to win immediately, man. Um, you, you you don't really see documentaries like that these days, man. Um, especially from uh, from National Geographic films, right? right. I think um there there was one that um actually won um best doc, right? That was what it was, but it was um, the climbing one. Yes, the climbing one. Um, gosh, I forget the name of it. You know, it was um free climb or something like yeah, that uh, yeah okay. something along that line but yeah but that was also a documentary that i absolutely loved man and yeah i was glad that when it won right and yeah again i'm rooted for for this film to win and even if it doesn't i mean it doesn't change the fact that it's still a great insightful educational and, and rather emotional um you know documentary as well man so written wise i'm gonna give this a strong four to like four and a half out of five man i nice. absolutely love this um this is gonna be in my best of for the year for sure and I mean, I can't recommend this enough, man. By all means, definitely check it out. And also, at the moment, it's on Disney Plus, so you know, y'all y'all can check it out there. Um, I I don't have the National Geographic channel anymore, but uh, maybe one day it might pop up there. So who knows? But yeah, right now, I, I, as I speak, it's on Disney Plus. So yeah, give it a look. It won't hurt, man. So yeah, check it out. Check it out. Nice. So um, I will start off with the Feeble Months, right? Um, this is the newest film from. You know, the icon, the myth, the, the, the legend himself, Steven Spielberg, right? Right. Um, and I'll confess something, right? I did not watch the trailer for this. I was out, like, for some reason, I just kind of tell myself I want to go into this one blind. I didn't want to go in with expectations too, too, too high because I know it's Spielberg, right? I, I know Spielberg, right? I, I, I could trust Spielberg when it comes to his his releases, right? But this, there was something kind of special about this. I wanted to go in 
as blind as possible, right? What I didn't know going in is that this is actually sort of a sort of a semi um, autobiographical story about um, his life, right? And that that is exactly what it is, right? So it's in a nutshell uh, what it is, right? So it's that it it is about Steven's life, right? But in this case, when I call them the Spielbergs, they call the family the Spielbergs. It's the Fablebugs, right? So it introduced to um, to Samuel, right? Who well is you know Sp- Stephen, right? Uh, we we see him as a kid. We see actually in a, a, actually a great choice, a great way to open the film. Actually, um, the first movie that he sees, right, with his with his with his parents, right. And you could see how amazed he is by the images that he sees on screen. It actually goes as far as him trying it out at home with these toys. And then eventually his his mom actually gets him a camera. So, you know, he's trying it out for himself. And this makes for all these great moments that, you know, him as a, as a kid. Like, he's like about eight or nine. And, you know, he's making 60 millimeter films, uh, you know, with his, with his three sisters, right? Well, two sisters, actually. And then eventually, as he gets older, he gets another um, sister, right? But, yeah. Um, um, but what he show really touches on is his 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 parents, right? So we have uh, Mitzi, who is played by Michelle Williams. There's a lot of Oscar buzz surrounding she. Uh, believe me, she could get an easy uh, Best Actress Oscar dub. I believe she yeah. she already get nominated for Golden Globe as well too. And much deserved, I must say, right? And we see his dad, Bert, who is played by Paul Dano. I didn't even know he was in this. Like, I watch him face like, oh, shit, that's, that's Paul. Like, hey, bro. And it's, it's so funny, right? Because, like, just months ago, he was this creepy psychopath in the Batman. Yeah. Now he's this warm and endearing father, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and, yes, both are based off of Steven's real-life parents who actually uh, passed away, right? Uh, well, his dad actually passed away in 2020. And, you know, Stephen actually dedicated West Side Story, which came out last year, which was one of my top 10 favorite movies. Uh, he actually dedicated that to him, right? His mom actually passed away three years before the dad, right? So, I did. Uh, I just watched this thing. I think, it, oh, it's just going to be about him as a kid and, you know, him just being more and more enamored by film and having to deal with his family, right? I'll get to the family dynamic in a bit, right? But then actually, it cuts him being a teenager, and then he gets just like a few years older, and it actually stops there, right? But uh, and you do see, you know, how his filmmaking skills have improved, right? You know, there's actually a great moment involving him, and he's, you know, when he's Boy Scouts, uh, and he actually makes films, right? So he actually makes both a war and a Western film, actually, while he's there, right? And he just uses these creative tricks to, you know, to... To, um, to emphasize, you know, uh, muzzle flare, you know, from, from the guns and all that kind of stuff. There. So you could you could see the experimentation taking place and just how, just how passionate he is about film, right? But what happens is that, uh, and it's so funny, like, I didn't even know that he was this as well. Uh, we have, well, Bert's best friend, Benny, right? So they actually work at this uh, company, right? And, um... Yeah, and, you know, well, you know, the whole idea is that, you know, Bert and, and Benny are best friends, you know, so Benny shows up ever so often, the the, uh, the the daughters, you know, well, Bert's daughters usually call him uncle, so it's like, yeah, he's a family friend, right? And, you know, he's actually played by Seth Rogen of all people, like, what? You this? Okay. And, of course, he is a goofball and he cracks jokes and whatnot, right? But, um... Yeah, and, and he was he was actually really he was shockingly good at this, right? And I mean I'm not the biggest Seth Rogan fan. I don't think that he makes trash, right? But you know, sometimes he just kinda falls into the whole I'm a I'm a goofy stoner. But in this case, no, like he was like seriously acting. But you know, I, I like that Steven actually, you know, gives him the chance to be silly and be fun and whatnot, right? But yeah, what happens and uh, I, I, 
you know, at times when I was watching this, I was actually questioning if it literally did happen in Steven's actual life because um, yeah. I don't really know much about his early beginnings. I actually should read it up. I actually have like an audiobook about Steven Spielberg's life and career. I should actually check that out, right? But yeah. Um yeah, there's some there's some tension within the family though, you know, with the with the with the father and mother. Cause yeah, it's it's up there, it's it's assumed and it's kind of more or less um uh more or less uh, realized, or I should say, more or less proven. Sorry, that yeah, uh, Mitzi, me, Mitzi and Betty are an item, right? So they they more or less cheated behind Bert's back, right? And Bert just being this workaholic is trying just to kind of block it out. He keeps moving the family from place to place. So eventually, they move them over to to Ellie now, which is funny because you know that's around the time when Samuel is now a teenager. He's now going into college, and that's where he's actually considering going into Hollywood and starting his film career, right? But um, what, what, what I really love here is that, you know, it, it kind of touches, it kind of affects his his passion and his career, like him just being a filmmaker because, you know, he kind of finds it hard to concentrate and, you know, knowing that all, there's all this um, chicanery going on with his family, right? Yeah. And it's actually a moment involving his uncle, right, who is played by Judd Hirsch. I didn't yep. even know he was going to be in this. Like, what? Judd Hirsch. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and yeah, you know, he's played on the Jewisms a lot though. But yeah, he was great in this, right? Yeah, uh, he he shows up and pretty much, you know, more or less gives him this this big conceit, this big, you know, existential question, right? The whole idea about art, right? And if it's worth it, right? If it's worth the sacrifice. Because yeah, he's there and he notices how passionate that, you know, Samuel is to film, right? But now he kind of questions him, like, you know, I how far are you going to go with this sacrifice? And he pretty much tells him that, yeah, you know what I mean? You're going to go all into this if you want to, but just understand that you're going to lose out on a lot of things. You're going to have to sacrifice a lot of things. You will miss out on a lot of things, right? And you'll, you'll feel as if, like, you're, you're, you're missing out a lot in life, right, because of this path that you've chosen, right? And, yeah, throughout this show, uh, you really see how that, it, how that affects Samuel, right? And how he pretty much has to figure out his way going forward, um, not just in terms of his career, but with his family, right? Um, just staying with them and whatnot, right? And I'll stop here. So I I went into this blind, right? Uh, I just knew that it was about, you know, Steve's, uh, Stephen's childhood and, you know, it's about the, the power of film and all that kind of stuff, right? And I, I was there thinking, like, it's going to be some sort of, like, cinema parody still kind of thing where right. it's all about, you know, the, the power of cinema and how these movies impact our lives, right? But really what it is, though, and, and it, it took my while to, to catch it, right? And then afterwards, I just let, you know, just let, uh, I just sort of um, thought about it for a while and it, it just sort of clicked more, the more I think about it. It's just really about art. It's really about yeah. you know when we find something we create uh, that we're really passionate about now, and we want to pursue this right. And it's not just because of the money. It's just because I, I this is my calling. You know, deep down inside, this is what you want to do, right? But I, I mean that this is true, right? And I, I, I would say that if you are creative, if you call yourself an artist, boy, you will relate to Samuel's story, right? Even if you're not Jewish or if you're not from the states or if you're not. If you're not lucky enough to 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 move to to LA and you know be amongst the, the filmmakers and and whatnot, right? But you can relate to the idea of life just coming here, just coming and just hitting you over the head at times. I remind you, boy, I I, I know you have this dream, you know, you know, have this passion, you know, but look at your family, look at what they're going through. 
look at your life, look at what you're going through, right? So, like, even, wow, well, like, when he moves to LA now, right, um, you know, he's he's uh, going through, like, this anti-Semitic stuff from these bullies, right? They right. make it fun of him because he's Jewish and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, he's trying to hook up with a girl, but the girl is, like, this over-conservative Christian, right? And he always kind of warned if she kind of making fun of him behind his back and all that kind of stuff there, right? And the beauty about this show here, too, is that you can see, like, how... Steven was able to explore these things in his filmography, right? Whether it's the idea of, you know, uh, uh, divorce, like, say, with, um, oh gosh, with um, E.T. or, you know, anti-Semitism with, uh, with, with uh, I almost say Jurassic Park, with Schindler's List, um, even the war, like him wanting to make a war film so bad because, you know, of his families. I believe, like, one of his relatives was involved in the war, something like that, uh, with, you know, easily one of his, you know, well, one of his infamous flops, uh, 1941, right? So you could see how, like, just these, these little moments in his life kind of like uh like how he was able to to channel those moments and reflect those on screen with his with his films right you, you can really see that here right but what i do like though is that uh and the show could have easily fall into that trap right where it could have just been this overly pretentious worship of of steven spielberg and call him this god of filmmaking and all that kind of stuff so yes every little moment that we see here has to be some sort of callback or reference right. to Absolutely, like something yeah. that he did in the future right, right. so no way they're gonna see no reference to jurassic park no way they're gonna see no reference to minority report right what, like no it's what, not like what that we did that but it was a joke oh the weird al movie right 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 <laughs> yeah yeah right right you see how in yeah. that case they did that for kicks right? Yeah, in, right in this case like no 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 it's, it's just we just see this slice of life look at this director here and we just see what he went through his experiences and how that potentially affected him in the future right um, there's actually a great bit i'm not gonna say how it happens or where it leads to right where um they kind of touch on you know the biopic as well too because he actually does this uh well while he's at the college now right he actually does well okay at this point in time is the early 60s so you know you know beach rock was a thing right so they actually do this thing where some of the students went to the beach and it was liming for a day so he filmed all that kind of stuff right and he actually zeroed in on one of the guys who was bullying him right and the guy like show up to him afterwards right and, and like real talking down to him and seeing like dog, like I, I know people see me as this this real popular guy who's like, you know, uh, always with the chicks, you know, always popular with the chicks and whatnot, and I could run fast, right? Could you know, in this case now, like they show him have uh, doing a race, and like how he how how Stephen like films it, right? And just basic filmmaking stuff and using you know appropriate music and all that kind of stuff to heighten the scene, right? But the guy just can't see himself as this hero, as this. This you know this this godlike character that is shown on screen like he just can't accept that right and in a way I kind of saw that as you know like somebody who is like a biopic is made of them and just kind of look at it like no that's not me like I know that's how people see me that's how the world see me but that's not how I see myself right and it is it's just a weird kind of meta kind of thing but I I, I really dug how. It was subtle, but you could tell like how that kind of impact his, you know, how he treats, you know, um, subject matter, you know, like based on true events and whatnot, right? So speaking of that, just to jump into the review here, right? Um, this this movie actually like really caught me by surprise, though. Like I didn't expect that it was going to go this in depth into you know Stephen's life, right? And what I love here uh, is that it easy could have been, it could easy could have just been. All right, and all these experiences, uh, why I am a god of filmmaking, and this is why you must regard me as one of the best trend. You know what I mean? While like that it, the show actually like sort of demystifies 
you know, the, the, the image of, of Steven Spielberg. Yeah, here is just uh, an ordinary person. You know, he's just like you and me, right? Uh, especially those who want to, to 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 be part of you know of the world of film, right? Yeah, you could you could totally relate to his passion and you know how he's playing with the camera and how you know he's doing all these short films and all that kind of stuff. You could relate to that, right? And even if you're not into film and all that too, whether you're you're you know into into painting or you know. Uh, artwork or whatever it is, right? Or music. You can relate to just having just that one passion. There's something that you love and it's continuing and continuing, right? And it can also relate to, yeah, just how life does just come and smack in your face and tell you, boy, that's not important, boy. You gotta, you gotta go to school and that's important. You gotta get a job and look at what your family going through. You gotta be there for them. Why you studying your, your future, Dred? Like, and, and even the future as well, too. Like, you know, you sure you can have a career in film? You know, what if you don't have a plan B? You know what I mean? And all that kind of stuff that the show touches on that as well, too. It doesn't beat you over the head with it, but it can tell those are the dilemmas that, you know, the character goes through, right? Uh, speaking of character, um, acting-wise, everybody crushes it, right? Um, Gabriel LaBelle, I think this is the first time I've seen him on screen, though. He was great as um, Samuel, right? You buy into him, not just as a young 16-year-old uh, Steven Spielberg, but yeah, just as a kid, just trying to figure out the world, just trying to figure out why he's going through all these things in his life, even though he assumes, and even though like he's in a, in a fairly like normal family, you know, like everything is seems to be okay. Like, you know, he has um, loving parents, you know, he he and you know, he he loves his sisters, all that kind of stuff, and he has a passion. You think that everything is okay, right? And, oh, I'm moving to, to this state and that state. Okay, that's cool, right? But then eventually realize that the father is clearly running away from his from his problems. He just can't deal with what's going on with the mom as well, too. And you can see how that slowly affects his life. And, well, the life of, of, the, of the rest of the children as well, too, right? Um, also, just to touch on, on acting as well, uh, Michelle Williams. Uh, yeah, she's a shoot for Best Actress. Boy. She was great at this. I love how she plays a character very nuanced as well, very complex, as I should say, into the emotions that she goes through, right? Because uh, one thing that the show doesn't touch, well, the show kind of hints on it, right? But again, I don't know too much about um, Spielberg's background. Uh, mental illness. It, it's kind of clear that 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 um, that his mom was going through some sort of mental illness in a sense, um, especially with the way how she's dealing with the thing with, you know, with Benny and, you know, with her husband and all that kind of stuff, just how she reacted. Um, yeah, you could tell that there was something off about her with that, right? I love how Michelle kind of shows the complexities there, right? Uh, Paul Dano is actually great as well, too, as Bud. You, you really do buy him as this, you know, loving dad in the 50s who just wants to do right by his family. And I mean, something we can totally relate to, you know, the workaholic dad, you know what I mean? He just always has to be working. And I mean, he's doing a great job, right? And you can tell that he's providing for his family, right? But it's almost to the point that he just uses work as an excuse. Like, you know, I have to do this for the family, but you're not addressing the, the elephant in the room, right? That is the whole infidelity stuff, right? Uh, I, I mentioned Seth Rogen before as, as great as well, right? Um, John Hirsch, as I mentioned as well, too, was great with his bit, right? Um, there is a bit in the end, boy. I'm not going to see who it is, boy. But there's a famous director that shows up, right? Playing a famous director. <laughs> and I would say, like, that that moment, hands down, is one of the best things I've seen this year. It is something that I, I, I imagine is on YouTube right now. It's one of those bits that you will go back to if ever you need that extra motivation, if, if, if ever you need that extra inspiration, right? It's essentially 
the the director talking to to Stephen, right? And actually, I found out that actually was based on three events. Like it did happen uh, when he started working on uh, in this Hollywood. Well, actually, he started working on a TV show. Believe it or not, I didn't even know he he worked behind the scenes of Hogan's Heroes. I did not okay. even know that, right? But I should do more research and see if he actually stuck around, if he actually worked throughout the entirety of that show's run, or if he was just intuited for a while. I, I, I don't really know. I really should look up his his uh, his backstory, right? But yeah, that that bit was great, boy. And, and especially because I didn't even know who the actor was. And then when I saw the name at the end, I was like, holy fuck, that's you? And then I run back to see it. I was like, yep, that is him. And I love that. <laughs> it's, 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 just, it's just great, boy. And it's just how he delivers. It's just like a, a more or less him giving advice to Stephen, right? But it's so... It's abstract and it's weird and if you know the director, yeah, it's appropriate. But it's just so on the uh, it's just so concise, so bludgeoned, and yet it tells you so much about art and how you should view art and how you should be an artist as well, too, right? And yeah, totally love that scene, right? Um, direction, of course, is Steven Spielberg, right? So you know you're gonna get you know, great visuals throughout as well, right? I love that it's not as flashy as his other films and whatnot. Yes, it'll be a lens flare ever so often, but other than that, though, uh, you do get the sense of just, you know, the warmth of, you know, you know, of the times, right? Yeah, you know, because, yeah, they, they're pretty much moving into different areas and, you know, it's mostly natural light as well, too, but just how uh, Steven was able to replicate that was great. Um, and just, you know, just from a cinematography standpoint as well, too, yeah, it just looked great, right? Uh, the music, of of course, is done by John Williams because, of course, uh, and yes, the, the score fit is pretty great as well, right? It doesn't stand out amongst his most memorable ones, but as far as the tone for what they're going for, it fits, right? And yeah, at the end of the day, I did not expect to get this coming-of-age family drama from a, a guy next, like Spielberg, right? Because you know when it comes to him, usually you get you know, stuff that's pretty extraordinary and spectacular, right? And, you know, stuff that, that's worth spending money to see in theaters, right? As for whether I would have enjoyed it in theaters, because, um, yeah, because uh, believe it or not, we actually got this. It actually showed in one cinema for one week, eh? and that's that's really sad, though. But having seen the film, I can understand, because I can understand some people go into this thing expecting, I don't know, more humor or maybe more flash or something, but you don't really get that here. And I could I could see some people being a let down by it, especially if they go in blind, right? But because of me, because I kind of had a marginal sense of what to expect and because I was just so drawn into the story um, I, I really enjoyed this one and for me just in closing why this show really clicked for me the most is because of the because of how it explores uh, artistry right and what yeah. it means to be an artist what it means to be passionate about something and again just life coming and tell you nah that's not important boy that's not important you should focus on this and that and that right and one big takeaway with this though and, and it's one that I want to always remember right when I think about this show right is that it's not like Stephen went through trials and tribulations like he it's like he went through a set of hell right but stuff like this like especially with his his parents and all that too yeah that's the kind of stuff that will leave me disillusioned and I'll just be like yeah like what's the point of of doing all this shit if, if in the real world this is what I have to face right and you see that how that affects his relationship right with the same you know uh, overly conservative you know girl that he hooks up with right but yeah um, at the end of the day man the man still manages to stick it out right? and now he is regarded as one of the greatest directors of all time right? so 
I would say above everything else, this movie is is like just inspirational, like this right. shockingly inspirational. But this, but again, I just love that it just gives you this look into this guy's life. Uh, it demystifies the the image and the allure of him, and it shows him as just this normal kid who's just trying to figure things out, right? And just kind of learning that some things you just can't control and you know despite all, all the ups and downs of life trend somebody you just have to stay on that path you just have to keep going because i mean who knows what will happen to you right and i mean in, in steven's case the rest is history right ultimately while i was not over the mood with this movie like i don't love 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 on this show as much as many people do for what it is about and you know the messages of it and especially just the the warm family vibe of the show as well too which is something i did not even expect from a guy like spielberg right um yeah this totally worked for me man so i end up in i i wound up really just really appreciated i love the film overly just just for what it was about man series so, yeah, wise i'm gonna give this a strong four to five man i'll say that if you are artists if you love film or if you want to be a filmmaker or you know if you just want to know just the behind the scenes of you know of, of what it be what it was to be steven spielberg yes definitely check it out and even if you're if you're not a spielberg fan boy again if you just understand the idea of of being an artist and the ups and downs of that yeah this show will relate to you in more ways than one man um this will be in my best of for sure not as high as many people have it there like people have it as top 10 but this that i would have this as top 10 personally right but this is a show that i definitely will be remembered for for a while by and last 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 thing before we move forward now um I'm just really glad that Steven was able to make this, right? Uh, I, I guess that, because I, I read, you know, uh, behind the scenes that, you know, he he had this idea from since the late 90s, right, you know? Yeah. But I, I guess that he just had to go through a lot in life, right? Like, I guess he just had to be in the right place in his life to, to make a film like this, right? Something so personal and so real to him, right? It's unfortunate that it had to be after his parents, uh, you know, after they passed away. But you could tell with every shot of this, with every frame of this, right, that this is just a loving tribute to his parents and his family, right? Because, yeah, for better or for worse, if it wasn't for them, you know, we wouldn't even know this guy. He wouldn't be the person that he is and, you know, the, the, the revered director that we know and love, man. So, yeah, I'm just glad that he was able to get this out of his system. But, yeah, the female bands is the real deal. Expect to hear this around Oscar season. And, yeah, this is easy one of the year's best films, man. So, yes, I wholeheartedly recommend checking it out. And sticking with Universal and the greatness continues. Let me talk about the bad cheese of Inisherin, right? Sure. So, Ricardo, if you don't mind, I want you to do this, the, the synopsis first, right? So, this was one that I went in blind for this one, right? All I knew is just the director, Martin McDonough, um, and I know Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson were in this. And this is actually the second time that all three are beaten back up because the first time was for this film called In Bruges, which I still haven't seen. And I after seeing this, I was like, all right, after making a must to see this boy. Especially because I know I know in Bruges is, you know, one of the, the best anti-Christmas movies, you know, out there. And you know, like for me, when it comes to like the Christmas season, I watch I I, I like the bounce. I like to watch the Christmas the Christmassy stuff and the and the anti-Christmassy stuff, right? You know, I, I like the bounce it out, right? But yeah, after seeing this, I was like, yeah boy, what what, what was I miss how how can I miss in Bruges boy? But I, I'm actually gonna check this out um, you know for, for the Christmas holidays, right? But yeah, I went to completely blind to this too, but I was just here nothing nothing but praise for this way nothing but praise right but yeah ricardo take it away 
Well, 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 I should say, right, before before you jump into the synopsis, right, you knew anything at all about this show or you just checked yeah, it out because I, 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 I heard a couple of things about it. That I don't go in blind. Uh, but it's mostly Colin Farrell. I know Colin Farrell, isn't it? I know things. Yeah. Right, uh, right. And also, who this, uh, this movie so Irish, it, it was, it, it missing Paul Meany and Sasha Ronan, right? Yeah, um, boy. You know, um, also, I, it, it took me a hot minute to realize who it is. Um, Kerry Condon from uh, Better Call Saul. She was okay. she was she was she was yeah, uh yeah. Colin's sister. And right. yeah, you was hearing the Irish boy. Like like I knew she was Irish, yeah, but you was hearing that accent where like she just like just let she 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 Irish flag fly <laughs> throughout yeah. that whole performance, boy. My god. But yeah, Ricardo, what is the bad she's of insurance about? Okay, so yeah, it's uh right around the, the early nineteen twenties. Uh I think the Irish Civil War is now wrapping up and mm-hmm. basically um Colm Dirty. Uh, is you know begins just for arbitrarily. This is um you know arbitrarily start ignoring his friend. Um, oh gosh, I can't pronounce these pa- these um. Oh um. Patriarch, Patriarch. I assume that's how he's pronounced, right? Well, I just see I just see word, but you know Irish words is like a whole pronunciation. Patrick, I assume Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna pronounce that finale. Uh, that um, sim- oh, oh, that's the name. No, no, no. Sulbin. No, no. I don't know. Oh, the, <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. I don't have it up already. Um, yeah. So yeah, he he ignoring him and he, he say you don't like him anymore. He keep thinking about that. They they box off each other. Get a following him around. And oh, we boy from um from Eternals was in this too, right? He was yes, uh, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Barry Barry um Kilgun. Uh, yeah, 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 Kilgun, right? Yeah, right. Yes, so, that's him. Right, right, right. I, I now remember the face. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, Patrick, yeah. So his sister, Siobhan, um, she is, right, trying to sort out the, 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 the situation between two of them. And they have to, he have to finish a tune. And then you get into a whole thing with somebody, uh, Jenny, is found dead. And Patrick blames Colm for Jenny's death. And there's a whole drama. And basically, it just slowly turns to, from... You know, love to hate the revenge story to drama, and it just builds from there. And it's I thought it was a little slow, but it plays very good. It's shot beautiful, uh, especially there's a shot late in the film that is absolutely lovely, uh, involving um, a house and well, it's state. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. But seeing it compared to the background in the nighttime or the dusk was like oh shot. yes, yeah. you're right. Mm. Shot point. Uh, yeah, uh, basically it's just a, a story that involving characters and involving a donkey and sheep shares and uh basically just um just the idea of, of friends you know people to the to enemies and back and forth and whatnot uh yeah i didn't absolutely love this but it was pretty damn good like i just was I really got into it i, I, I like the character work and, and what it was trying to say and do um it's it really gets into unfortunate like it's a very tragic story like what they do with it, and, and, and the, especially what happens to, um, oh gosh, the, the boy, the boy who's taking care of the sheep now, uh, Kenny. Oh, uh, him. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we don't want to spoil anything on that, but yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, but they, they make it, they make it really work. Um, and yeah, it's just who everybody coming together, and and yeah, Farrell, Farrell and Gleason, they, they hold it, they real hold it. Um, the two of them were great against each other, bouncing off each other. Um, Carrie Condon was pretty good. She was she was she was a nice little side person. And then the yeah, the little side people was was pretty good. The the, the priests and the, the cop and then how they relate to, to each other with respect to uh you know the, the church. I mean you know it's, it's Ireland, so you know you had to deal with a Catholic church somewhere. 
and so on and so forth. It, it, it just really came together well. And this is just so well made. And so it could, you could tell that this was done a hot minute. Like they, they clearly planned this out going, going a while. It's, it's pitch black comedy. Um, but it also does the tragedy well and balances it very, very well. Yeah, I, I didn't expect this to be as good as it was, uh, but it was pretty damn good. But it's, I still didn't love it. Like, I don't know, it didn't rope me in as much as I felt it could have. Um, I don't know. But it's still pretty damn good. All right, well, y'all, y'all might be surprised with this, boy, but um, I ended up loving this movie, boy. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you what, right? I'll tell you what, right? I did not expect to connect with this movie as much as I did, boy, but I did, right? Because it's, it's really just the world of Inishirin, right? And what Inishirin yeah. is actually is this island off of um, Ireland, right? That That's what it is. I don't know yeah. if it's a real island. I don't think it is, to be honest, right? But yeah. Okay. Um, but just the world of this place, though, just hit close to home for me, boy. Because what yeah. it is, right? It, it's, it just essentially have these two characters, right? Who just, that's, that's, um, Patriarch, uh, if I got, if again, if you got the name wrong, forgive us, right? And Comb, right? They're so settled in this place, right? That literally every day plays out the exact same way, right? Yeah. And that's 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 Colin Farrell's character. You know, he just believes that. All right, as long as I just be this nice guy, I you know, life is carefree, right? And you have his you have his sister um, who just pretty much saying. Like, you can't just be doing this all the time. Like, 2 o'clock, you're going by the pub and drinking every single day. You don't, you, like, you don't want to do something else to your life, Jen. And he's like, no, because I'm comfortable, right? And she actually wants them to, to do something for herself, right? And, you know, thank God she actually does, right? But I do love how, you know, you have the, the, the framing of the of the Civil War in the background, right? right? Although, as a slight gripe, they don't really touch on it too much. Well, although it's, 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 in, it's intentional. It's almost like, because literally the people in the islands are like, yeah, the war's still going on, right? But um, yeah, we really don't really know what they're fighting for. No? We don't know. Yeah, Probably yeah. some IRA stuff. I don't know. You know, no, that's this kind of deal. But yeah, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. well, no. Actually, a character mentions IRA in in the film, right? They actually okay, do. No yeah. yeah. Um, that's the that's the cop because there's a moment where he actually get hired. Well, actually, the well the proposition now to go and 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 do some work there. That's all I'll say. And right. he does mention IRA stuff, right? But anyway. And, you know, but she still, like, goes and does it, right? I love that, right? But, yeah, and then you have Comb now who just, like, all right, I, I want to do something else with my life. Too. Like, I can't just be sitting down doing nothing. Like, I mean, I could play I could play the, 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 the violin or fiddle very well. So let me actually compose a tune, right? There's actually a great moment involving him talking to, 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 um, to Colin's character and talking about, yeah, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we'll be forgotten when we're gone, right? But music, you're going to remember music, right? And it's a great, like, you know, hu- uh, humorous bit involving Mozart. That's all I'll say. But that, that, was a, that was a really, really smart bit, right? A really clever bit of writing there, right? So you could kind of relate to where he's coming from, where it's like, right, like, I just hear, I want to do something because nothing's happening, right? So, again, just, just relating to this, right? So I'm not seeing, like, I am calm and, you know, there's, there's a page, you know, in my life, right? But I can relate to the idea of, all right, you're weighing me down, go away from me, 
leave me alone. You're not doing anything with your life. If I stay with you for, for a long period of time, I could just end up being complacent because I'm already complacent as Israel, but I could be even yeah. worse off if I stay with you. So yeah, at first him just shooing off Colin's character it's played for last night. It is pretty funny when you think about it. Like, you just like, no, just go, just go away, right? Um, but well, like it, it just catch me by surprise uh, how how far and how long it goes for. Eh? And it's kind of weird, it's kind of off putting, but at the same time, it's pretty hilarious, right? And not in a for me, like not in a funny haha kind of way, but funny like just me smiling and shaking my head, like, yeah, I know people like this. I know people yeah. like that, right? Um, but yeah, just just this idea of people who just going nowhere, doing nothing, who just kind of they can't see the forest for the trees, and they're just kind of stuck there. They 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 if they even think about stepping out, oh well, what about the war and all that kind of stuff? It's like no, just kind of do something else with your life, Dred. That I absolutely relate to, Dred. I could understand, Dred. I could I could understand where both Colin and, and Brendan's characters coming from, right? Where Colin feeling that. All right, if I just play things safe and I just be this nice person, people always remember me for being nice, right? But look at how far that really took you, right? Literally nowhere, right? And Colin himself now talking about wanting to make this tune. And he might have the talent and whatnot, right? But because he just so hard-pressed in seeing they're just getting rid of any distractions and whatnot, and you see how far that goes, right? It makes for some really absurd and really dark humor. Yeah, it, it, it worked for me, man, right? And yeah, at the end of the day, it's really just these two characters going through some um through their Versions of um, just existential crisis. This more or less realizing that yes, death will creep up on them, and yeah. what are they going to think about themselves when they go? Um, I would just go into the bar every single day at two o'clock. Like that's that's really what people going to remember, you know, me for yeah. when I go. And it's those kind of questions. But I like that the show doesn't tell you that, but you have to sort of figure it out, right? Also, what the show kind of touches on too much of my surprise. Um, again, mental illness, right? Um, I love how this this in terms of Combs' character, because how how far he goes in terms of distancing himself from his ex friend though, yeah, is is kind of insane though, right? Yeah. It's really extreme way, right? and and what I would say without spoiling it, it it's the detriment to his goal, right? And yeah, again, it's just the dark humor of the show, but I just love that. It's it, it comes off weird at first, eh, but it's just like, yeah, that's I can understand that, right? But yeah, because think about the period of it, right? Like, it's not like they have the internet. It's not like they have therapists they could go to if they're going through problems. The one person who kind of seems to give a shit is, uh, is Colin's sister, right? But even Comer's, and he actually talks to her at some point at a couple of scenes in the movie, but still it's just like, now nah, you understand why, why I feel in this way. You understand why I will go as far as I am going, right? She and she does actually kind of get it, right? Even though she doesn't see it. But yeah, yeah, there's really nobody here to help this guy. So yeah, he just going through this hurt, and you don't really know what the hurt is. And he, I assuming, this is my speculation, kind of blames Colin's far, um character for for his for his for him feeling this depressed. I I feel like he just using him as as a as an avatar to this true all of his depression onto right even though right. he kind of wants to distance him wants to distance himself from it right and even with uh with, with Colin himself you know mean him just kind of wondering what you know why my friend don't want to talk to me anymore and all that kind of stuff the whole that goes though I, I i love how that plays and especially in the end now as well right um you mentioned this this old woman as well too being around some people speculate that she may be a personification of death and like the more right. think about it, kind of makes sense because yeah, she she'd have just been living on this island for long periods of time, just seeing these characters 
yeah, just kind of slowly waste away, right? And even she kind of comes and more or less kind of tells us what's going to happen, right? But that's all I'll say, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you could see death on this island, right? And then, you know, you could understand why, you know, Carrie Cotton's character just does not want any part to play with it, right? Even the title of, uh, of it, um, of the film at all, um, feels rather ironic as well too, right? The Banshees of Inishirin, right? Because there's a bit where where he actually says the title, right? And then, well, they say, well, you know, we don't have any Banshees here, right? But when you think about it, Banshees, right? What are they known for, right? For 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 vocals, right? For, you know, for screaming and whatnot, right? For wailing, right? But you don't hear any wailing. You don't hear anybody really saying anything on this island. Everybody kind of keeps right. things to themselves, right? And that's the irony of the film right there, right? So, like, yeah, people should be speaking out. Should, people should be trying to do something different. But nobody's saying anything because everybody want to be all complacent, right? And that's that's the real irony behind this film. And, again, I could absolutely relate to that, right? Um, the acting, great, trot, tr- across the board. Colin is great as just this lovable loser. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, he's a loser, boy, right? But where his character evolves though i totally love as well especially in the end and it feels plausible it feels really realistic right um brendan right uh his his detachment from the will is is hilarious but at the same time it's really sad as well too it's it's yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of like that half you know it's kind of a sort of a bittersweet you know um viewpoint of it too right and yeah, I mean, you could you could just buy into this character, just not wanting anything to do with with Colin Farrell, right? And yes, when they're together on screen, you know, I mean, you know, they they just knock it out of the park, right? I just love again, just in terms of the will of of this place, right? Even though, you know, come trying to avoid this guy, right? You see how they just like casually running, how how easily they just run into each other. Yeah, that's to show how small this island is. Yeah, like yeah, you just like a, step out to go a place, and yeah, just run into you, and it's, it's like no. <laughs> it's basically um, it's basically Tobago. Eh? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like that, you know, it's, it's just yeah, yeah. yeah everybody yeah. know everybody, and you know, so when you're bitter, you're stuck with them. You know that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. And I love how the show explores that as well, too, right? Um, Carrie Cottonen was great as well, too. She's like the voice of reason in all of this, though. Yeah. I like how she is, you know, um. Although it's it's kind of sad how she ends up being motivated to to do something better with her life too, but yeah, just just kind of calling them out and seeing like why are they being so stupid? Like like, and you know nothing ever happens on this island. You know what I mean? And just being so frustrated. I, again, I can relate to that boy. Um, I didn't expect to see uh, Barry Keoghan in this as well too, but his character of, of Dominic was 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 funny as well too. At first, I thought he was just the the loser, right? Like the real loser, right? While um. Like and and it's actually a bit involving Colin himself thinking that you know Barry's character is the loser. Like, oh, you think I'm trash? Look at look at Dominic, right? But um, yeah, even Dominic and all hurting too, dread. I'm not gonna say how, right? But um, yeah, and it, it makes some for some really like heartbreaking moments, huh? Um, like you know, at first you watch it, it was like, oh, he just look goofy because he faced and all that kind of stuff. But where that all led up to, boy, boy, it catch me by surprise. And well, we'll see without spoiling it, right? There's there's a there's a there's a object right that's set up early on, right? And they're like, all right, well, okay, why are they put this object? Why are they making a big deal about this object, right? And then it comes back up near the end, but I was just like, wow, boy, like all oh, this set yeah. that up, and I didn't even see that, you know? Way, wow, 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 that that was that was hard, that was hard, right? Um, cinematography. If it's one thing to take away from this show, boy, is how gorgeous this movie looks, but you you, you see. It's beautiful and it's also dismal at the same time too, boy. And you know the the cinematography nails that very well, right? Um, direction strong as well, right? And well, Martin actually wrote the script as well, right? 
and I really love the script for this. Um, I also, yep, I mean, it's, it's Irish, right? So you had to give points for them just sticking to the to the accent, making it feel really authentic. Um, they say feck a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of bits of them just saying feck and fecking, right? And it, it, it just makes the dialogue not only sound humorous, but also sound um, sort of uh, mel- uh, melodic in a sense, right? Yeah, there's this like a sort of like musical way, tone to the way how they speak to each other, right? And it totally works. It, it feels re- very authentic and real, right? But it's just where the story went to. And yes, I would admit it is a slow burn, right? But if you stick it through, boy, um, yeah, the payoff is, is absolutely worth it, right? Again, just going back to the whole complacency thing and just these characters just not knowing where to go and just kind of realize like, wow, that's going to come first eventually and we're pretty much stuck here. Wow, right? So you know. it's Bleak is dark way, but I can relate to this so much way. And yeah, I I I just found myself loving this movie. I just did not expect to to love the show as much as I did, right? I went in completely blind to this, right? And yes, I could see why people praise this movie so much, why it's nominated for Golden Globes and eventually it's gonna be nominated for Oscars, right? I could see this as a best picture um, you know, right. um nominee for sure, man. If nice. it wins, I'd I'd be pretty happy. I'd be pretty happy, right? Nice. But it has to win something. It has to win something, right? And yeah, everybody came through and they did their damn thing, man. So rating wise, uh decent strong four and a half out of five. I'm going pretty high yeah. with this man. Right? I I really, really love this one. And again, it just spoke to me and I can relate to this stuff in more ways than one way. And yeah, boy. Um, this this is a real deal, boy. I I mean, I can't recommend the show enough. This 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 is potentially a top ten for me. I, I can't say it's top ten right now, boy. But yeah, easily what he has best films, man. Hands down. So Ricardo, final thoughts and reason. Yeah, I, I I don't like it as much as you did, but it it still really worked uh, for what it is, and in terms of execution, mostly because of just how funny it was. It, it just like the style of humor, the the it clearly a bunch of like Irish humor. I didn't get. Uh, but you know, I, I got enough of the humor from it to, for it to work really well for me. Um, yeah, again, Gleason and Farrell really good together. I mean, yeah, holy shit, Colin Farrell have like two great movies this year, right? Um, this and and Batman, right? And what else yeah. No, I, th- I think that's it. I think that's think it for that's the year. That's it for the year, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Colin yeah, by you know, respect man. Two two great films on the year, Belber. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great performances, uh, excellent, um, whatnot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just uh, I dug it for it was it. I've seen uh, all I'll say is I've seen it before. Not done better, but I've just seen it before, and so it didn't blow my mind or like, wait, it's a real deep story or anything like that. But it was good, pretty damn good. I'm rating, I'll give it like an eight out of ten, actually. Uh, mostly because of that cinematography. I mean, that shot at the end, uh, with the with well, with, with, well it's, it's guys' house now. I need to, yes, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. The closing yeah. shot for this boy, like, it's okay, like, 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 yes, we, we're talking about scenery and whatnot, yeah, but that, yeah. but trust me, that closing shot is one yeah. of the best things I've seen for the year, yeah, one of the best like, things, right, yeah. We'll, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I just I appreciated it. I appreciated it on, on that level. Um, it, it just really, really, but yeah, it didn't stick with me as much as I, I thought it could have. Um, and not like you, because you you seem to have really enjoyed it. I do. Well, yeah, agreed. Uh, but I didn't stick with me as much. But I still give it like a very high score, like a eight out of ten, closer to a nine actually, more like a eight point five. Um, closer to a nine. Uh, but yeah, I uh, this um this was really really well done, and I could see it getting nominated and even winning the, the best of the year. Uh, but yeah, pretty good, pretty solid stuff. Right, right, right. And last but not least, man, let's talk about Avatar the Way of Water, right? Yes. But um let's just for a few minutes, you know, just just to talk about the film that started all right, 2009's Avatar, right? Um, so I'll just share my quick experiences on it, and then you could jump into your quick experiences and talk about this new one here, right? So for me, um uh, when this came out in 2009, right? You know, I mean at, at the at the cusp of the of the of the 20 of the 2000s, sorry, right? Um 
this was an absolute game changer for me, man. In 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 terms of just the visuals, just the world building, and just just I don't know, just showing us a world that we've never seen before, right? And you could tell that James Cameron like literally put his heart into this too. Um, you know, it just echoes a lot of his other films, you know, whether it be aliens, you know, with the Marines or the Abyss, you know what I mean, with, you know, these, you know, with the alien stuff and whatnot, right? Um, and even Titanic as well, too, with the, you know, with the whole heartfelt messages and whatnot, right? Yeah, I mean, you could tell that, you know, there, there's a lot of Cameron's personality in this, right? And um, just to get the criticism out of the way, no, this is not the most original, you know, story out there, right? No, I mean we've seen this before. You know the, you know the the um, what should I say? The outsider who more Thompson or less Wolves, links yeah, up with right. the indigenous people, yeah. and of course he falls in love with a female there, Queen and Bali, you know, he, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then he does, he he lured, you know, he 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 supports their cause now, and now he has to stop his own brethren from trying to wipe them out. I mean we've seen this numerous times, right? It is literally dances with dances with wolves, right? Um, but you know, still, it was just something that we never saw before. Even though there's a lot of, you know, admittedly derivative stuff and whatnot, right? But still, as experienced, it worked, right? Um, I know some people sort of wrote it off after they saw it theatrically, but I managed to see it. I saw, I managed to see the extended version, right? I actually saw that a few times. I actually really yeah. enjoyed that version, right? Um, not in love with that movie, by the way, right? But yeah, the, the extended version really filled in certain blanks, right? Especially with the character of Grace, played by um, Sigourney Weaver, who you'll right. get into with this film here, right? But yeah, um, in terms of what it is, though, yeah, um, this 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 movie delivered. It is, I would say, one of the one of the most uh, memorable and you know one of the greatest, I must say, blockbusters ever made, right? Yeah, this movie um, not only was one of the most, I, I think, at the time, the the, the, um, the most expensive film ever made, but yeah, it 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 just made a shit ton of money in the box office, right? And um, yeah, you know, you all most most successful box office movie. Exactly. It was passed for a short period of time by Avengers Endgame and then came back in and took it back. Right, right, right. Exactly. So so a few things for you, right? Um, at the time, yes, you know, it utilized 3D in a rather clever way because, you know, at the time, especially the early 2000s with, with films like um, Shark Boy, Lava Girl, and um, you yeah, know, yeah, stuff right. like Spygus 3D. Yes, we had to blame Robert Rodriguez for this band. Yeah, it was some gimmicky shit, man. But here, you know, Cameron made sure that, you know, it was all about detail. Like, you know, there's these great moments um, where you see like, like um like a couple blobs of water and it all seems like it's just coming out of the screen and coming right in front of you like stuff like those little details now that's that's what i love about it it just add a lot of texture to what you're seeing it's not just gimmicky stuff you know characters you know showing your face and jumping right in front of you no it wasn't like that right yeah um and then of course you know because of that a lot of people just had a pimp out treaty right so if if if, if it is wanting going in with the way of water, I mean, I would say yes, you should see it in treaty, but I would say don't expect something you know um, extraordinary when it comes to that, right? Yeah. But last thing in terms of of Avatar, right? So after you know address the elephant in the room, right? Um, I don't want to call it a backlash, right? But I just you know it's just like when people look back at Avatar, they was like. All right, I don't want to watch that again. I don't want to see blue people. I don't want to see the blue people movie. The blue people this, the blue people that, and they find it all silly and hokey, and especially with the yeah. environmental messages and whatnot. Look, 
Um, I, I, I would defend Cameron and his vision here. Like again, while it's not the most original thing ever, it, it, it does feel genuine. It does feel heartfelt. It feels like yes, like I mean, the man spent a majority of time in a submarine for God's sake, right? So, yeah. man, love Nietzsche, and you know he, you know he's all about you know um taking you know protecting you know wildlife and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because last time, yeah, yeah, the first one was uh, well, you see with this one, the first one was uh the rainforest. This one is the ocean because yeah, the ocean is the right. big thing in the news nowadays. Um, exactly. So yeah. It works. yeah. Yeah. And you know, you could say, well, you know, the story is all weak and whatnot. The best way how to how I could see it, again, I use the term blockbuster, right? Um, look at Star Wars, right? The first it, one, right? It's, it's a four quadrant right? story. Like, right. It's it's right. it's like that, right? Like what while you could look at that film and even stuff like say, sorry for me for, for saying this, even like his, his earlier work, like say Terminator or the Abyss or whatnot, or even yeah. Aliens, right? It's not like they have, like, I mean, they're very well written, right? I must say, right? But they're not like some sort of, like, intellectual stuff that, oh, my God, it's so much context. No, it's a sci-fi action film that you get, right? Well, sci-fi action adventure film that you get, right? It plays in notes, yes, but you get exactly what you paid for, right? So you might scoff and roll your eyes, the blue people, and oh, oh, it's so silly. But no, that's the world that the man creates. He had to respect it. So I will say, you know, going into this one here, um, you kind of have to watch back the old one, right? But um, if you really, really like saw, like I know some people who just saw it once and they say, nope, I don't want to see it again because this is dumb, right? But yeah, I would say if you had to go into this one, um, you kind of had to watch your first one for better or for worse, right? And I love just just get a slight little spoiler here, how Cameron pretty much say, all right, it's 13 years since I dropped the last film. I'm not even going to stop to explain to you things what happened in the last film. I'm not going to explain to you, you oh, know, yeah. the whole um, tendril thing in the, in the um, oh gosh, in the, um, uh, you know, the, in the hair and whatnot. And I'm not going to explain at, um, A1 and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. You have the old film. You go and watch that shit. You don't want to watch it. That's your problem. You know what I mean? So I love that. I love that the show does not stop to hold your hand and tell you what everything that happened in the first film because you're too lazy to see because you don't want to see blue people, right? But anyway, that, that's my rant, but that's just my thoughts on the first after. But yeah, Ricardo, you want to start on the first movie. And um, just, just asking a quick question here. Did you re-watch that film in preparation for this or you uh... were actually familiar with, with it already? I was yeah, mostly familiar. I, I actually when I finished this one, I went back and watched that one just to remind myself of some a fact of a certain plot point from this one. Um, okay. Just, okay. Just to clear up clear up the plot point a little bit. But now nah, for the most part, um, yeah, yeah. No, they, you know Cameron Cameron as I say he he played the game to win. I mean you know you know yeah he's one of the few to actually make the effort with the with the 3D and I'll say you know 3D as a as a thing only. He kind of really utilized particularly well. Very few people other than him utilized it. I think at the time, um, uh, it was really just him. And I remember how to train your dragon, like, did that well because and it made perfect sense because, yeah, there's a, a lot of flying and movement in 3D space. Um, so to make it work now, uh, with this one, uh, well, in my personal case, I didn't um, see this in 3D, I saw this, uh, uh in uh, Gulf, what do you call it, Cinema One in Gulf, that didn't have a that of 3D. But I still uh, thoroughly loved it. I mean, I, I'm more likely to go back uh, to, you know, in, in 40X or somewhere, you know, where it have a lot of treaty and make that work and, and see how it how it feel, um, or what what it is I'm, I was missing visually. But like, no, I, I I dug it for what it was, what you're trying to do and see. Um, in the original film, yeah, it it's pretty weak and yes, it it is. There's a lot of a lot of. Uh, I don't like people like in saying naive naivety or thing, but no, it's just earnestness. It's a very earnest story, earnest narrative. Um, Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then um, I'll say, 
Yeah, and yeah, it does need a lot of punching up, right? You know, I I, I do think a lot of dialogue was kind of bad. Um, it is it is a bit silly and a bit shocking that Unobtainium still made it to the final draft. Um, yes, but, boy, Unobtainium, bro. Yeah, I mean, God, there's some like there's some real 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 filler filler shit that you put needing, but whatever. Um, it did it makes it work for what it is, and again, again, Cameron played the game to win, as in, you know, look, you know. You you want to get as much people to watch this bullshit as you you can? Well, that's what has happened. Um, but yeah, I um, I I dug it for what it was. Um, I uh, it 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 does what it has to do for for its main purpose. And yeah, um, uh, you know the movie mostly worked. Um, uh, you can see why it was so popular. There's a reason why it won. Camera know exactly where he was going with that shit, and yeah, they make it work. Um, for for what it is, I again, you know, it had a, if I remember correctly, there was a somewhat deeper script. Uh, you know, in an earlier draft, but you can see why you want to, you don't want to make it too too deep or try to get into like the intricacies of tribal life or anything like that. No, you just you do it, you make it thing. You could you could dismiss it as silly, but no, you know you do it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I I actually give it a, a decent enough score, all things considered, especially when you when you look at it for what its intended purpose is. You're like, no, you man know you doing, Johnny. You cannot make the deep sci-fi if you want, you know. Uh, what why did why the film shines actually in terms of is the world building. Um, I, I was actually, I remember being quite impressed with, with the verisimilitude um, with respect to the, the ecology of the world, just like how animals work, how, how the, the logic of it works in terms of, it's mostly, it's, a lot of it's actually quite, quite well done, um, for what it was, like, little things like you see this little creature that's kind of like a frog, but it, like, has a big spinning thing on it, and it's like, yeah, you're asking questions, hey, does that make sense biologically, and, you know, when you actually check it, uh, it, it actually does, uh, a lot of it does, does work for the most part. Um, you know, it doesn't nothing to, feels too fantastical um, from that standpoint. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it's a simple story. They tell the story. Um, yeah, it's a little flat, and and yes, um, Sam Wellington goes on to have one of the most, uh, you know, you know, utterly mediocre careers after. Right, not a surprise. Dude, but, man on a ledge, anyone? Yeah, but, remember that shit? Yeah, but I, I didn't have any major major things going forward with with respect to any of that. Uh, you know, well, you know, Zoe Saldana goes on to have a great career. <laughs> Um, you know, so that's not a problem anyway. And yeah, yeah, yeah they, she, they bring she, back. Well, um, the joke is that we, um, she she went from blue to green, right? <laughs> right. But uh, but even even the one thing that actually surprised me was um, I didn't even know that that fellow from from the boys was in the first Avatar. I, somebody told me I was like, oh shit, that was him. Um, uh, this is uh the guy who plays Mother's Milk. Uh, oh, he was there. He was well, yeah, he uh, was one... he, the main main kind of main male rival and kind of main courting character from um oh him okay okay him. Yeah, oh yeah. The, the the one who died the one who was the the um yeah. oh gosh well the the, the head warrior whatever it is and then he right, died in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I uh, know, okay, okay. right so he goes right. on to plays plays mother's milk who's one of my favorite characters in the boys oh yeah cool uh yeah cch pong she was good story was great uh, yeah i forget she was in that too that's why yeah, i think yeah. west he was there he was the he was the father thing i could be wrong yeah right and they make it work for what it was. I mean, it, it, it looked great. You know, the 3D was impressive. And yeah, that's how I feel about the first one. I, I, I give the first film like a, a quite a high score, like a 7.5 out of 10, pretty high actually, uh, for what it was trying to do. And especially if you look at it from that tech demo, you know, via the fourth quadrant uh, approach to, to how they tell it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a fourth quadrant yeah. film. A fourth, sorry, a fourth quadrant film via tech demo because it, Looked great and, and and camera had to practically invent a bunch of technology uh to, to pull it off and yeah it's so said so done man you know that's why he's a goat the goat you know to borrow from the that dumb meme right uh yeah they demand 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 do eating 
category and then now we now you have disney money uh we can see where we're going forward with the second film and i i we could talk about it when whenever you're ready uh yeah. Well, yeah. If you don't mind, um, what is um, the way of water about? Right. So a little bit of time passed between uh, the first, end of the first film and the, the the second film. So basically, what happens is that they start. You know, life happens. You know, uh, Natiri gets pregnant, and you know, she has uh, multiple children. They have a adopted child involving some mysterious sci-fi shenanigans uh, involving uh, what do you call her? Um, Oh, Grace, so, Grace, 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 Grace. Um, what was the actress name? Um, Sigourney Weaver's character. She has some things, so she born. So they, they have three biological children and then uh, an adopted child. Uh, in the form of Sigourney Weaver's character, some sci-fi shenanigans. And then uh, they have a human adopted child called Spider. Um, so it's like the five of them being raised with... with, with uh, you know, Natiri and them, and they're basically going through life. The, the children grow up, um, they're adults, they should point out the age of, well, it's implied roughly around 14 to 16, I wasn't clear exactly. Uh, and then, you know, the humans came back. Yeah, the humans come back, and, you know, they, they occupy the planet again. So now, you know, with a lot of more, well, more forces and more things, so they can't just up and fight them again. And they basically what they do is they operate like a kind of a insurgency. So and they have well the the the, the leader of the Navi insurgency is now most wanted, and then uh, Colonel Arich, what's his character in my Arich, basically is um the, the bad oh, guy. Um, has, oh, oh, Quaritch, Quaritch. Quaritch, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, has a cloned body uh, that is made of well uh, Navi body. Uh, his memories was uploaded, and he sent. He basically his body is sent to basically specifically deal with and and go after. Um, you know, Jake Sully and his family, the sons. And so, what, what he kind of, what Sully kind of woke up, he said, Look, just to avoid everybody being in danger, I will leave. I will move away from, you know, just to keep myself hidden and not being tracked down. Because, you know, if, if Jake Sully is dead, you could keep things quiet because of this insurgency. Um, he'll go to another part of the world. But, you know, that didn't help because the fella chased him down. And that's the story. Uh, they go to, you know, the water part, the where we are going to see this water part of the the part of the world, and that is basically the story. There is just him trying to set up a new life, and you basically focus a lot on the kids, and then something mysterious going on with 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 um Sigourney Weaver's character, and then a little piece of drama involving Spider and who's Spider parentage, and yeah, they, they make it that is what it is, simple story, and you know it just it looked amazing. The it's three hours long, it's paced out quite well, I felt. Uh, Terms of telling everybody's story and everybody parts and how things come together and weave together and it have something a big you know plot device and well they bring in a brand new plot device that's the new and optimium and which was very silly but it makes some sense and again for the sake of the making you hate humans uh they tell a whole extended sequence involving how they got that and it's very brutal and, and sad and yeah they, they get to meet the water people and and what they're doing and that's basically the story <laughs> you know they, they you know We'll get into that, you know, no super details about that because it's it's just sci-fi shenanigans. But uh it looked good. Um, it's well paced, and I actually enjoyed it for what it was. And it's just Cameron, you know, just doing his his greatest hits all all in one. Uh, that's how it feels. Uh, but I I I thoroughly enjoyed it for what it was. It was actually pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. All right. So let me let me kick things off by saying the king of sequels has returned, man. Yes. 
I went in knowing that you know he 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 has had um he, well you know he had I should say you know two of the of the greatest sequels ever made under his belt you know with Aliens yeah. and Terminator Two, and um, I would say that this here the way of water is a tribute boy. The man literally came and did what he did best in terms of just expanding on the world that he set up before, right? Yeah. And while it does not like reinvent the wheel like how Aliens and Terminator 2 literally did, right? It just more or less continued the story, right? So again, you know, it's putting you right back in Pandora, you know, you're introducing re- reintroducing the characters again. And and for me, going into this, it's it's almost like I never left it. It literally felt like I was there yeah. yesterday, right? Which is funny because I watched um the first one a day before watching the Way of Water, right? Yeah. Um Let's get this out of the way. Uh, the visuals by OMFG, they are the great. They are, I'm not even gonna they say one of the best things. They are the best things I have seen um, in a yeah. theatrical release. I must say this year, boy. Um, and you know, it's 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 not just ILM, boy. The man hook up with with wet as well too. Yeah, so yeah, the man come just with guns blazing, boy. Um, literally every shot looks amazing, right? Yeah. I love how even too like compared to what he did in 2009, boy. Um, even like the character design, the visual. Well, sorry, the um the the um I should say the will build the um, um I should say production design sorry um even the lighting as well too you know feels yeah. very, um feels improved right from what yeah, we saw before they had, right? this, they had this running sequence all right so we know um they, they don't really have the night in the same way because the moon you know, the, the Pandora is not a planet it's a moon of a gas giant right yes. so there's reference instead of referencing dawn and dusk it reference eclipse so yes it's how they do these day night cycles and they cut to the eclipse event yes and it, that day and night cycle stuff look Stuff like what was impressive about this two things that particularly impressive one, all of the wet stuff and wet at night, like yes, that mm. is very impressive. And then, uh, everything involving Spider and how seamless he was with, um, you know, everything moving about, especially with the yes. amount of action going on, that was just super impressive. Like, yeah, it was, that, yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, I mean, Cameron and his team just just knocked it out of the park too. Uh, I mean, I know he's a he's a perfectionist, right? And it's 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 kind of funny. The same, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, a little worrisome that you know it 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 took him this long to actually put this out. Like I know there was some shenanigans behind well, the scenes and whatnot, right? But you know. yeah. Well, no, I mean, you know, he he really say because like it, as I say, he cap out. I really hope he don't take too too long with the with the third part. Like this felt really felt like a part two. Like it. It didn't feel complete. Like clearly, they had they had to go and fight Edie Falco. Edie Falco is in this, yes. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Was right. like, well, hey, Miguel in this, okay. Cool. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I um, you know, I, I really want him. Like personally, it, it would be a much smarter move to just say, look, he belted this out once per Christmas. Like, so I really hope that he bought something next year one time. It's like, nah, man. I, but, I really but, but, then, but then it'll just end up being diluted like like Star Wars. Remember, remember there was there was a thing well, that, you know, every year yeah. would be um, a Star Wars movie and we were excited at first, right? No, no, remember? the thing is, if it was if it had tell a good story, that wouldn't have been a problem, you know. The reason why Star Wars feel have nothing to do with the dilution or how fast it come out is that the, the writing was fucking shit. Like, yeah, let us admit that. Like, I, I enjoy episode eight, but episode nine was such a waste of goddamn time. That, that oh, was the problem. God, and, I, and with <laughs> yeah, this... Yeah. With this, if you tell any right story, I don't mind seeing them pelt out one time and you pelt out the six one time now, once per year. Just, you know, we forget, but make sure the story good. I mean, the story wasn't great anyway, but it is. Make sure everybody there on Pandora all the time. I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't see that as an issue per se. But whatever. Right, uh, right, right. Um, but well, speaking of that, though, I think uh, well, what, what I've been reading up is that we're supposed to be getting to the one 
um, we in 2026. Um, okay, that, nice, real I mean, fun. It's, it's not, it, it is real fun, not that's too really fast fun. compared yeah. to like you know this one here, but um, yeah, that, that's a long while, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not wishing anything bad happened to him, right? But you know, at the same time, you're telling yourself you are going to be alive to put this out, you know, you, you, you right. will be alive on earth on 2026 to put this out, you know. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't know. I, he, I, I, I try to put he, it out said, like earlier. He, he have a, a person training for that. I don't know. Like to continue to finish it. No, I don't know. Uh, but like to me, this is his baby. So like, we put it out as soon as he can. But I, I don't know if Dizzy go rush him or anything like that. Because I, the, the thing is, he had to just make sure the shit, the, 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 just had to make sure that shit rendered and looking good, right? That's how I see this whole thing, to be honest. Yeah. Like, oh, so and, like, and, and you know, speaking, speaking of, of render, I was thinking about that word when I was watching this. Like, yeah, they rendered that shit, boy. They they, they yep. probably update software like uh, yep. like numerous yep. times, you know, but they rendered that, much, boy. There, there's like computer, how much supercomputer burn up to 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 you know make that work done? Uh, for boy, yeah. Like like there's no incomplete shot in this way. Everything, yes. every single shot looks great, man. I will not lie, right? Um, the acting. I mean, what well, the voice acting, I should say, right? Because yeah, and, and actually points for having um. The entirety of the show, actually, well, I should say, the near entirety of the show take place on Pandora, right? Because I right. know for some people, they felt like, you know, the human stuff was kind of dull. And it's like, let me just go back to Pandora with the, the forest and the bush and the people. Let me go back there. But here, it's like, you're there, right? Um, but the show wisely says, you know what? Yeah, we're going to expand this world even further. And now we're going to go and, and visit this um this this water tribe, right? And again, going back to sequels, what I, really, what I really appreciate here is that, like, in the first film, when I was re-watching this, I was like, is so you wait till like the third act to say, oh, it have other tribes in this in this um in this moon? Like it it happens like literally when they go in for the final battle, that's when um Jake, right, or Jake Sully as everybody call him, that's when he go and hook up with other tribesmen and they go to war, you know. And still yeah. at the end of the day it was mostly the Navi who was who was who was kicking out the Marines Astra, but whatever, right? right? But yeah, there was opportunity, like I would say they they, they kinda um showcased that a little too late, man. Like, you know, all right. the time we were thinking it's just Navi, right? And every all the humans thinking it's just Navi, 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 right? But then near the end they say, Well, that other tribe soon. It's like, okay, well, all right. Is, you know? about, the thing is the whole thing was just the unoptinium stuff, man. Like that's all they cared about. True, so, like, true, true. Okay, it's just hmm. I don't know. And it didn't bother man these kind of ways, no. Like, it's fine. Um, right. So they made it. But, but, they made it work for it. Is. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I do like that. Here it's like, all right, we we're really gonna show you the other tribes, or we're gonna show you this one tribe, right? And this gives you know um, Cameron the the opportunity to do sort of like you know a retread of what he did before with introducing you know Jake to the world of the Navi, right? So here it's like. All right, you know, um, Jake, who is now full Navi now, because if you remember from the end of the, of the movie, right, where he yeah. actually gives his consciousness over into yeah, fully the body, right? He does that, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's like them now, you know, his family now, um, having to, to learn about their ways and whatnot, right? Um, which leads to a few flaws that I have, right? Because, yes, while we could talk about, you know, visuals for these, way, it's a couple of flaws, just a couple of things I wish that they did better, right? Um, for one thing, while I, I, I have no problem with the show focusing a little bit more on, you know, Jake and um, the Tui's kids, but I find like, you know, the, um, there's numerous moments where they were uh, with the Water Tribe, as we'll call them, right? Uh, where we hardly saw Jake and um, the Tui. It was more about, you know, Kiri, as in, yeah. um, you know, uh, the adopted daughter and, you know, the other kids. Uh, and um, also, they right, so just... I find, well, I find the movie was really about the middle son. Um, well, the second son, I should say. Uh 
Oh, right, 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 right. Because there's an older, yeah, there's, right. So there's an older and there's a a younger son. The older one, of course, is the more experienced warrior type, and the next one wants to be like him. So there's a nice little tension there going on with him, right? But, um, like, there's moments involving, you know, those two, for example, with them learning how to to fly, you know, the sea beasts, right? And points for them, points for the the sea beasts themselves literally being flying fish. I got a story for the people like, ah, okay, okay, that, yeah. that that's clever. Like a sort of a prehistoric take on flying fish. That was really that was that was really clever, right? Um, but yeah, like you didn't see Jake on the Terry learning. Well, you saw Jake do one thing yeah, like he was flying Jake, up. Jake on the Terry like mattered fast. So to me, I find this one was clearly about the kids. Like the, the story could you see the, the nature of the story is that it could totally go beyond Jake, Jake, Sully, and Terry. You know? Like that was he started the Agreed. first one. Mm. I, I find the way the story sets itself up is that no, they're, they're gonna, it's going to be about them kids going forward. Like in, in, in you know, the next movie or whatever. It is, I, I won't be surprised you'll kill off Saldana and or thing at, at some point. That is not a far fetched thing. You already, you already sat in everything up there. Mm. Um, whoever. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, very, very epic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like we're watching an epic fantasy play out here, right? Yeah, right. And, and also in those moments, I didn't see enough um, Natiri, man. I, I should say, throughout the right. film, I didn't see enough Natiri, because I love that, you know, in the first film, she was the one who was teaching Jake about this world and what to do and what to say. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, they fall in love because you, you kind of come to expect that, right? But here, she was just kind of to the back, you know what I mean? She was always like, always showing up every time she kids get in trouble or they get hurt or whatnot. That's when she was there, right? Um, I actually like the character of of um, of Spider as well too, right? Um, he reminds me a lot of the Feral Kid from you know the, the Road Warrior. I feel that's where the reference comes from to begin with. You yeah. know this this kid who you know who have a ras, right? Who this this white kid with a ras running around bareback, and you know he's just acting like Navi, right? Doing the and stuff like that, right? I love you know um, the the um, relationship between him and um, and and you know um, Quaritch, right? Well, Quaritch, right? Speaking of Quaritch, yeah. right? I did not expect to see him back in this, right? And I actually love the idea that they sort of do a flip on the whole avatar technology from the first film, where it's like, right. okay, where are we where are we in these chambers now, right? And you know, when when we sedated and whatnot, that's when we could assume the rules of these, you know, avatars and walk around with the navy and all that kind of stuff, right? Here they come and say, and it, it could tell that you know they, they more or less replicate the um, technology, right? And I'm glad that we actually saw um, Parker, right, played by Giovanni Ribisi. I was like, hey, this this motherfucker in this too, right, right, right. This will be for parents. So it's almost like they replicate that and say, here's what well, we're just gonna take like your memories and whatnot. We're just gonna imprint them in this avatar body. Boom, the end, right? And yeah, it actually worked. And I actually like that the fact that you know we we, we see more of him, right, as as this villain man. And, and you know, it gives him the opportunity, you know, more or less to to see how it is to be a Navi, right? And I do like though um that the show does not give you, you know, like it could have just easily said, Okay, well, since he's a he's a Navi now, we have to do the whole Jake thing where he has to you know, get in, um, you know, get with the tribe and learn about the culture. It's like, no, 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 we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. It starts off like that, but no, no, no. Like he's a guy. He's like, all right, I know it. I want to know what these guys are. Okay, they're there. All right, let me go there, right? And then when he ropes in um, Spider as well, too, right? Uh, which which I thought worked, right? Um, the new characters as well, too. You know, the water people, they're great. Um, you know, what I mean, I love the the creature design and whatnot. Um, just that will itself, though, is just so taken. Well, we call him Cliff Curtis. They get uh, Cliff Curtis play the leader, but it's uh, who you get for the the mother. I was like, oh shit, uh, you get a reunion. Kate Winslet. Yeah, Kate Winslet. Like, oh, I was like, what? Yeah, like when I saw the name, I was like, oh shit. I didn't know that was her. I didn't even know. Exactly right, right. I, I didn't know it was her until I, I saw the credits. To be honest, right. Um, right. And, and yeah, you know what I mean. It just just that will is just so breathtaking, but right? just so gorgeous and whatnot, right? Um, yeah. 
you would just just like just from a visual standpoint, you would just fall in love with this world, right? But you know, similar to the first film, I love how you know they bring that intensity. I love how they just show the humans just being the bad guys. Yes, it's on the nose. We know, right? But you know, yeah. it's, it's that that, that these, cool these, about it, right? these um these water people they're so clearly Polynesian in their aesthetic and approach. Uh, and, well, of course, Cliff Curtis is Mr. Polynesian. He's like one of the most famous Polynesian actors. Uh, the uh-huh. only person who, the only person who more Polynesian or you could familiar with is Tamara Morrison. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a real good call casting wise. It makes sense. Uh, I, I thought he was great. And, and their kids were great. Uh, the, I think it was what? Is, he had a son and a daughter and a friend. And then the son friend was, was the tree. Uh, I think so. They yeah, were great. Yeah. yeah. They bounced off yeah. each other. Good. They bounced off with, with, with um, Jake and the two kids quite well. And I, I was like, I enjoyed all of that. It really felt new generation. Like that's why it was working for me. I would yeah, yeah. Um, and it was right. great. Again, similar to the last film, boy, the third act, boy, is edge of your seat. It's intense. It's action-packed. It's thrills. Boy, like, I was watching this, boy, and, like, you know, like, when they say, you know, like, edge of your seat, I was literally at the edge of my seat, boy. I was shoving popcorn in my face, boy. I was just, like, it just glued in, boy. Um, yeah. And, again, you know what I mean? This is just James Cameron at the height of his powers, right? Because, you know, you can laugh for days about how corny the, the dialogue is and the story and whatnot, right? But the man is an action director, and he shows it yet again with this man. Um, you know, just some some fantastic action sequences. But just that whole two that alone was just goddamn was just goddamn amazing, in my opinion, yeah. right? And lastly, um, I was a little a little let down a little bit of the I don't want to call it a cliffhanger, but just more of a stopping point. You know, more yeah. or less letting the audience know that yes, we're gonna have a party, right? Because we know he's gonna have a party, right? But um, I initially, like, like, like when I saw the end, I was just like, wow, they just kind of stop it at that point. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I get no why. Either. I get why, right? But yeah. you're, you're hinting of a, of a sequel. Like, I thought we had gotten some um, stronger, right? You know, because okay. I just stay thinking, okay, well, what if we do, knock on wood, we don't get to see the third one, right? Shouldn't this one be, like, the end point for now? And then if we get a third one, it just follow it up. Man say, I don't, listen, man, my boy say, my boy say six films. You six films <laughs> that way again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, you know, when I think about it now, it's just like, well, all right. After applaud the man, the man's brief. He's saying, yes, you're gonna get a party. Shut up, you're gonna get a party, right? So that's mm-hmm. how it ends. So like, all right, okay, respect, respect, respect. And um, oh, I should mention one more thing. One more thing. The music um is great. I must say, right? Pretty good. Yeah. Um, in this case, now they did not get um James Horner because James Horner passed away, right? They got Simon Frank Franklin, right? Um, I actually saw him during the variety um well online event they had uh, a couple weeks ago where they were talking about where they were um you know talking to uh, sorry interviewing um composers right film composers yeah. and yeah he was one of the guys who was interviewed and he was talking about how he had to continue um james horner's work right but because you know he knew him for like years and was familiar with his work and whatnot he was able to well there's a specific team that or i should say a motif of a a, a a musical motif that shows up throughout this um throughout this um this front the series right when you hear it you'll know what it is right you know what it is right um and he was able to replicate it as well too right and um you, you, it's, you could hear certain like inflections of like what james horner did in the last film uh, one moment in, in particular is when shit does hit the fan and things get pretty tragic. I know it's the moment is the moment, sorry, where the music swells and it all it feels like all hope is lost and everybody is crying, especially in the TV just always do that ah, crying, you know. You, you hear a piece of music, it's the same one that you know you hear in the in the last one as well, right? But yeah, his contribution to you know the musical aspect of this show is is rather admirable, man. 
And um, I didn't even expect to hear my boy Weekend. He might have a song. He might have a song for the movie. So like when the credits was showing the scene names and whatnot, I was like, hey, Weekend, okay, word, 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 all right. But um, I know we have like a, a lyric video out. I haven't checked it out as yet. Um, but for what here, even though I know it's not the full song, they probably play like about half of it or something like that. Yeah, it's all solid. It's, it's Weekend, right? I mean, a Fox with Weekend, right? But yeah, other than that though, um, Avatar The Way of Water is the real deal, man. It's, it's a shame that we wait this long for it. And I know some people will be a little let down that, oh gosh, like we wait 13 years and this is what we get, boy. But still, I think that from just across the board, it, it works, right? Um, the visual effects, the, you know, the, um, the sound design, I must say, right? Um, the action sequences, the voice acting, everything is just stepped up, right? And again, you know, Cameron just being the king of sequels, you know, again, this is just another great sequel on this belt, man. He was just able to expand this world whilst telling people, whilst not having to retell the same story um, from from before. I really, really do appreciate that. So yeah, for me, I'm rating-wise, I'm going to give this uh, a light four and a half out of five, man. This is one of the year's best films. It's going to be in my best of um, for the year for sure. And I'll just say this in closing. If if you could not care less for blue people, yeah, I sorry, boy. This this movie is not gonna be for you. But I would say, I would say, especially if you only saw the first movie was once, sorry, watch it again. It still holds up. And believe you me, when you see that and then you go into this one, um, you you will thank yourself that you that you that you actually recap that film, boy. Because yeah, it, it's a really solid follow-up to what we got before with the first film, right? Yeah, so yeah, no, um I, I thought this was excellent. Uh, you know, like a eight. 0.59 out of 10. It's all of his yells. The story is, I thought it was a lot better than expected. It was Cameron doing his, his greatest hits. Like, the ending felt totally like Titanic. Like, our whole section. Um, straight up Titanic. Um, they had some nice guest stars in this. Again, Jermaine was in this from Fight to the Concords. They had some nice little guest people, side people. Uh, yeah, and he was playing a serious character. Watching the face, like, hey, he died from Fight to the Concords. Nice one. Um, you know, to bring back everybody, slight, you know, all the, all the people who come through. Edie Falco was good in this. Uh, they make it work for what it was, and yeah, it really feels like a second movie. I hope I don't have to wait too, too long for this, but yeah, um, if we had to wait till 2026, then great. Uh, whatever. For understand, the cinema so is pretty high. It have an A plus so far, and I, I think it done, done make like close to 500 million this weekend already, um, worldwide. So yeah, not a surprise. Um, it could do good. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Nine, close to nine out of ten, actually, to be honest, with all the visuals. And this is me not even seeing it with 4DX or 3D or any other that. I saw it in normal right. 3D, and I enjoyed it. Okay, well, I, I I saw it in 3D. Um, I would love to see it in in um in in 2D. I mean, I know it's not gonna be no big difference, so of of course, right? Um, yeah. the 4DX thing, I guess, I guess, you know, I never. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I might make the yeah, effort for that to be honest. Um, but yeah, anyway, that that's why I call the man the goat, the goat. Uh, you yeah. know, Messi the goat, Cameron the goat. You know, we get some good good status to this this today. <laughs> this weekend, uh, boy. <laughs> yeah, this weekend. It was hard. Ah, uh, yeah, nine out of ten. I actually give it a quite a high score. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and, and yes, folks, we enjoy it so much. We want to see it again. And I imagine that if you do um, see this one, um, see it theatrically in particular, yeah, you're going to want to see it again. Unless, of course, you're just not a fan of blue people. But again, if you're not a fan, eh, it's not for you. That's okay. That's okay. So, with all that being said, Ricardo, where can people find you online? Uh, Passat, RBDY, at RBD on Twitter. That is uh, Rufus Medina. Then you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, and you can find me. All right, ever so often, I'm on TikTok and Twitter, but mostly I'm on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You find the links to all those in the Linktree link, along with my Fiverr gigs. And in the YouTube and Facebook links, you'll find excerpts from today's episode, along with other episodes of BBB Radio, 
retrospective views and BS Beats and Bailey. All right, so stuff to look forward to uh, after Christmas, because yes, we um, we 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 gonna take a little break for the Christmas weekend and whatnot, spend it with the folks and whatnot. Um, you know, drink we sorrel, eat we ham, etc. etc. Um, uh, we have at the moment two more films to talk about for this year. That would be Glass Onion and Nights Out Mystery, and right. uh, Matilda the musical, right? Uh, both of which right, will be right, coming right. out um, this Christmas weekend on the, uh, on on Netflix. Obviously, Disney Plus for a sec, right? Yeah, so we have some to watch. Um, speaking of Disney Plus, I have a feeling they might drop some big, um, you know, Christmas weekend similar to what they did last year with Encanto, right? Um, I, I feel if I, I could be wrong, but I feel we might get a Black Panther two next week, um, this week, you know, coming. What well, they say? They say they don't. They do. They're dropping something in the twenty eighth. That's also. All right, all right. I wonder if it's that, or maybe it's, it's something different. I'll, I'll I'll keep my ear to the ground and see what's going on, all right? But alongside those reviews, folks, um, you could also look out for for my, you know, uh, best albums list, uh, our worst and best movies list, uh, best TV shows as well. Of course, we're gonna have guests involved, and yeah, we're just gonna have a blast with this one. So you can look forward to that with the final episode. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you're listening to this, this was Matthew Bailey and. And we are signing off for another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace.